Have my junior, honey. He gave his little baby son right to Madonna. And now he wants the baby back. What the hell was this guy smoking marijuana? Cause now he wants the baby back. Madonna already changed the kid's name to Howie. And now he wants his baby back. I wonder if FedEx ships children to Malawi. What does that have to do with? How about those Heat? How about those Panthers? Not a good night in local sports. In fact, lately, uh, every day has been a disaster in local sports. Isn't that a shame? Aren't we cursed? We are cursed down here, ain't we? A charter jet's nose gear collapsed as it landed this morning, igniting a small fire under the aircraft at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood Airport. None of the ten passengers or two crew members aboard the HS-125 arriving from Mexico City were injured, and the fire was quickly extinguished. Cause of the problem not immediately known, the plane landed about 2.30 this morning on the airport's main runway, which was uh, scheduled to be closed till mid-morning until the plane was de- uh, defueled and moved. Meanwhile, they're using an alternative runway. There's a lot of that just crap with these small planes, you know. Don't, don't be a flying no puddle jumper. No. That's just my suggestion to you. And my life has changed in the last hour about 400%. Now, why didn't you do that a long time ago? You kept saying to me, well, no, you're laughing. You're such a jerk. Did I resist you? Wait a minute. Did I resist? No. Did I resist going through that? I'm very easy. When you don't know anything about something like computers, like me, you're very uh, easy, easily influenced. Just like, just like uh, downloading that Internet Explorer 7, which I wish I never would have done. Here's my advice to all you people out there. Don't get sucked in. No. Because we've already told you Internet Explorer is the Antichrist. And they just keep making it worse. And now they got the new and the deproved uh, Internet Explorer 7, which they're begging you to uh, download that baby. And it's a piece of crap. It'll screw everything up that you got. And now I got rid of Alexa. I got like a real email account on there and uh, on my Mozilla Firefox. Internet Explorer, of course, you can't remove it totally from your computer because <laughs> oh, it's, no. it's part of Bill Gates' evil empire. That's so it's right. in there forever. It's in there when you get your computer and it'll never leave. You know, I mean, you can, I don't even know if you can get rid of that icon, can you? 
Uh, you can drag it from the desktop. Can you drag it? Yeah, you can drag With it into the recycle bean? bin. Yeah, but it's still in there. <laughs> it's in there, though. It's just, it's just lurking, waiting to... And then, of course, if you never have to go on Explorer, then and you stay on Firefox all the time, and uh, right. plus I also eliminated Alexa from my computer. I got rid of that. Oh, Boy, right. this is What a day. Oh. Yeah. And we actually made it work. Thanks, Eric, as usual. Leave it to Eric to bail us out. Josh sits by, and he listens, and he's learning, slowly but surely. Were you involved in that? Well, you, you were receiving my emails anyway, right? Yes, I was. Weren't you excited about that? And now, now that I can do that at the click of a button with no Alexa, no BS, no crap, you could just imagine how many uh, stories I can send you every day. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's oh. hoping you'll send some, uh, you know, during the commercial breaks. Oh, okay. Blame it on George. It's his fault. If it weren't for him straightening out that thing. You, you could have done that a year ago. I, I, I know. Resisted. I'm telling you it's quick and easy, but you didn't because really, you're stubborn like you've always uh, told us. Here's the poll from yesterday. What are you most addicted to? Sex, 311. Sugar, 191. Porno, 181. Neil Rogers Show, 180, which has been accused of being pornographic, but that's back in the day, long ago. Now we can't even <coughs> do one of those. Meth, 133. That's totally bogus. That's a, uh, you know, what did I tell you? That was I voted for it. Like I said, 133. <laughs> TV, 120. Pot, 115. Booze, 114. <laughs> Refined carbs, 87. The Internet, 69. I hate this poll, 58, 3.2%. That's a far cry from what we got today. Caffeine, 57. Sports, 34. Gambling, 31. Cocaine, 21. Cigarettes, 20. Sleeping pills, 19. Heroin, 16. And painkillers, which somebody said, how could you have gotten this far in the show and not added that? We only had four. By the way, I don't believe it, but they say now that meth is the most addictive drug in America. Yeah. Well, it started out pretty slow, and then as soon as I mentioned it about how every community in America is just being torn to ribbons because all these meth addicts out there, and now all of a sudden uh, it, it's got 133 votes. Remember how it started rising like crazy, 98 degrees and rising, as Nick Lachey would say. How's he doing, buddy? He's got all her money, doesn't he? Nice going, Nick. He took a chunk. Squeeze the bitch. Mm-hmm. Now, today's poll, which uh, we turned around to one that we had a couple of days ago, and, again, both of these polls are uh, inspired by listener Sean, okay? So if you're pissed off about the poll, uh, too bad. Go beat him up. Now, the one we did about women the other day, uh, the worst thing about women, we had almost 1,400 votes on it. And uh, let's see, I hate this poll. There was only 89, 6.4%. That's still fairly high. But today, I hate this poll is leading because we turned it around. What's the worst thing about men? And because we have almost an entirely male audience, they're like, oh, I hate this. This is bad. In other words, like, see, and again, what they're doing is in their mind, they're comparing it to uh, as versus women. See, that's not the question. What's the worst thing about men as versus women or those we can't really decide? That, that's not it. Well, look at that. Harold Ford says Senator Kerry should apologize to the troops. You know, Harold, uh, just go back to your playmates and cut the crap. Isn't that sad? I saw the clip, and, of course, it's Kerry sticking his foot in his mouth again because he's a bumbler and he's about as funny as a uh, uh, heart attack. But it was very obvious what he was talking about. He was referring to Bush and that, that crowd, the neo-fascists, uh, being uneducated. But he, he didn't express himself well, so naturally they jumped on that. And I think what most people wish is that John Kerry would just go into hiding until, until next Wednesday. Yeah, just, just walk away. That's right. Just get out of here already. But meanwhile, Harold Ford says Kerry ought to apologize to the troops. He wasn't insulting the troops, okay? You jackass, Harold. God Almighty. Although we like Harold Ford a lot. What's the worst thing about men? 745 votes. I mean, we'll do okay, but it's not going to be some, like, spectacular, spastic total today, is it, you think? I doubt it. I hate this poll lead. See, that, that never leads, right? Right. 209, 28% say I hate this poll. That's because they're all men who right. think that they're perfect. You know, listen, I've seen a lot of you, and believe me, oh. Uh, obsession with sports, 120. I know they've seen me, too, and same same thing. Obsession with sports, 120. 
They're slobs, 92. Infidelity, 74. They lie like hell, 71. Especially in this business, man, there are so many freaking liars. By the way, George ran into our sales manager in the hallway yesterday, and he went, bada beep, bada boop, bada with a kind of a southern drawl on it. Exactly. Chris, just stay the hell away from us, okay? You're dangerous. You're evil. Uh, they're inconsiderate, men, 62. They rape, 51. That's uh, George's wife wanted that on there. Mm -hmm. They rape, 51. It's close to home. There are too many of them, 47. That was George's choice. Too many of them. Too many mm -hmm. men. He doesn't like the competition. That's the problem. That's right. I think if we were going to say too many ugly ones, that would be different, but nevertheless. No, too many uh, they can't commit 21, and nothing, they're great. We just put that on there, equal time, like we did in the <laughs> women's pool. Uh, there's four already out of 762. Kind of reduce that. I hate this poll number. We've got to get that baby way down there. I mean, it's on Sean's list here, and what the hell? It's a poll, right? What the hell? What the hey? The White House, and uh, how about these ball games? Huh? That, I'm, I'm convinced after hearing the last five minutes again today. They got, they got some... Uh, Football expert who knows about every game in the country. Did you hear Kenny talking about that? Kirk Herbstreit. Who the hell is that? He's uh, the guy. Am who I supposed to know who that is? Well, yeah, you probably know who he is if you saw him. The guy who does College Game Day with. Lee Get out of here! I watch College Game Day. Your ass. Get out of here. What? What? Are you, you think I'm some kind of a sports nerd sitting here watching all those pregame and postgame? No, I do not. I'm just saying you probably I know who he is. Not. I, I don't let them even darken my screen. Okay, on my big Maybe screen, uh, Toshiba. But he's white. So what does that have to do with anything? In other words, if he was black, I wouldn't watch him. But if he's white, I'll watch him. Well, you said he would darken your screen. Well, I don't care what he. I don't care if he lightened my screen. How do you like that, Mr. Hotshot? I guarantee you one thing: he ain't no Shannon Sharp. Who? God Almighty! How can how can they put that on the ear? Why isn't the NAACP demanding he be removed immediately, if not sooner? Anyway, so uh, it's a sports show. That's what I was trying to say. Through all that convoluted crap. I'm so excited about that thing. I think George has got a point. During the break, I'm going to send like 80 zillion because it's WW. It's Woodbine Wednesday. So right. I won't be here this afternoon and maybe even this evening, depending right. on how long I'm Better fighting with my start. machines over there. What? Better get a head start. Okay, I'll leave right now. Now that it's so easy. Here's George. Right click and send. Oh, wait. I got some music here. Right click and send. Wait yeah. a minute. Is that how I do it on the stories? Yeah, any story that you're looking at, just right click on the screen oh, right. there. Oh, let me try one. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, this is fun. Kerry says he botched the joke. Well, we don't care, okay? And, of course, that's the big thats the big right-wing thing. Oh, John Kerry said this, and he uh, insulted the troops. Oh, here we go. Scandal rocks Nevada governor's race. Okay, uh, there it is. There's the story. Mm -hmm. Right-click. Anywhere on the page there. Yeah. Send link. Oh, look at that. That was easier than I even thought. And there it goes. Look at that. Connections. It's connecting. Uh-oh. Now we got a problem on here. Houston, we have a problem. That uh -oh. one didn't work for some reason. Why? You screwed it all up. Okay, let's not do it while we're on here. All right. All right, let's uh, take a little break, then we'll get organized here. It's Wednesday. It's November number one. Oh. Election day is less than a week away. Aren't you excited about that? Not really. Nah. I don't know. The anticipation, it's like sex. You know, anticipation is sometimes better than the actual event. It depends on the event. It depends on the event and with whom the event is uh, taking place. That is cool. Who should control Congress? The brand new NBC poll, Democrats 52%, Republicans 37%. That poll taken over the last uh, three days. Over Who's the weekend. that? 37%? That 30-something? Yeah. It's that uh, Coeur d'Alene crowd, you know? Mm -hmm. It's that Murfreesboro crowd. And don't be lumping uh, Chris Jones in with Idaho, man. Those, those places are thousands of miles apart. 
And are they the, different? The, are the two people mountain ranges different? incredibly different, as different as night and day. In other words, they use a different digit to stick in their nose or in their um, rectum. Ash, you'd be amazed. You'd be surprised. Or in each other's nose or in each other's. 779 votes, so we got that. I hate this pull down 27.5%. Let's get that baby down, okay? Stop being so uptight and stop taking it so personal. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, UAM. You're taking us very personal. Tonight, the concert that's going to rock the foundation of America and blow the roof off. If you can only see one show this year, see the show that explodes in your face. The rage, the pain, the power of the diva, Barbara Streisand. You wanted the best. You got the best. One night of balls to the wall, fire-breathing, bone-crushing sound, ripping through your head like a shotgun blast. It can only be one woman, Barbara. You don't bring me flowers. Don't miss the concert that Marilyn Manson calls a f- nightmare of sight and sound. Barbara Streisand. No bottles, cans, or coolers, please. Small children will not be admitted. So I got some good news for Josh. This is a thing that George did that doesn't work anymore. Okay. I tried sending like two or three more stories during the break, and it just doesn't work. It's all balled up, and it keeps coming back and flipping back your uh, address and uh, your email address and password and all that other crap again. That little box keeps coming back up, just like it was before. So it's not right. working right. And I tried it like three, four times. And then I said, screw this. Thanks a lot, George. Yeah, there's probably like a limit to how many stories you can send. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that must be it. Well, I have a theory, but you don't want to hear it because it has to do with that uh, Hotmail account being in there. I'm not getting rid of my Hotmail no, no. account for you, see, you or any other wise maker little that's, stick. See, what? I knew that's what you were going to say. If you take the Hotmail account out of your Outlook Express, it has nothing to do with your Outlook account. I mean, with your uh, Hotmail Oh, are we going to go through that whole thing on the air again? Well, it's not, but nevertheless. Jesus, I mean, have... that'll be some really compelling listening, as one of that uh, jerk said on the phone that one day. You really have two compelling accounts on radio. There, it's getting confused, but it has nothing to do with... Uh, Wait, what do you mean it's getting confused? My computer's getting confused? Your Outlook Express is getting confused because you have two accounts on there. God, are you full of crap. Okay. Okay, let me just try one more time. Here's a story. Over 40 Shiites said kidnapped in Iraq, Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to right-click. I'll go to File and then send right. a link. Send link. Okay? Sure. And the, the, the box ain't even coming up anymore. It's not even coming up. That's, that's not possible. It's back there somewhere. It's behind something. It isn't behind anything. It's not in front of anything. It's not behind it. It's not around it. Oh, there's the little box, though. There it is. That's the one. And I'm clicking it, and it's, uh, did, uh, uh, it came right back up again. And you click OK, and it comes right back up again. And again. Which one? The, the verify password thing? Please enter. Enter your username and password, and yada, yada, yada. And uh, remember this, uh, and you click OK. And I'm, although I'm really pleased looking at Jimmy Franco's picture there. He looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, we'll figure it out. Forget about it. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Yeah, the hell with this, OK? Now, mm-hmm. if I can just get rid of that box. What's in the box? Oh, and now the thing is popping up again. Okay, I'm sending it. I don't know what I'm sending, but uh, I'm sending that story. Oh, and there's a little box comes back up again. Please enter your, uh, you're killing me, man. Just get rid of that. My life was so simpler. My life was complete. I liked the life, even though the stories were getting so screwed up. You had to use that Internet Explorer 7, which was a pain in the ass and was going to destroy your life. I didn't have to use it. It was in there, but I didn't have to use it. Anyway, we got, well, we got 802 votes on our poll today. We're under the 27% mark on the uh, I hate this poll. Thank God. We gave the men someplace else to go and told them quit being so damn sensitive and taking it so personal. You know what I'm saying? What are you saying? If they would, it's, instead of looking at it as though it's as opposed to the women the other day. You're taking us very personal. Right. Anyway, getting back to Babs, that cow. 
The funny girl wasn't laughing. Super diva Barbara Streisand had a drink lobbed at her Monday after a skit with a George W. Bush impersonator that poked fun at the president. Streisand's publicist Dick Gutman said a paper cup filled with some sort of liquid was thrown on stage, but apparently did not hit Streisand during her second performance in the Fort Lauderdale suburb of Sunrise, says the story. Oh, the Fort Lauderdale suburb. I'm surprised it doesn't say the plantation suburb of Sunrise. Streisand's manager, Martin Ehrlichman, said she shrugged off the incident and responded to the angry audience member by saying, It's a free country and they're entitled to express their opinion. It's at least the third time the Bush skit has angered Streisand's audience. A heckler targeted her at the Philadelphia opening of her 20-city comeback tour, Gutman said, and Streisand made headlines with a response to a jeerer at Madison Square Garden last month. Ehrlichman said Streisand believed the skit was in good fun and noted impersonator Steve Bridges, who wrote it as a Republican, for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. Yay. This skit has been so massively covered by the media, it's impossible that it still could come as a surprise to any of the Bush admirers with who bought tickets, Ehrlichman said. Despite the controversy, Ehrlichman said the skit would remain a part of the tour. It stays in the show except for a few performances where Steve has a conflicting commitment, Ehrlichman said. Streisand, an outspoken liberalist, touring the country after a 12-year absence from the stage, offering fans a repertoire that you a repertoire to puke from. How do you like that? Of all her hits. All her big crap. I'm really depressed. I went from euphoria to total depression. And Josh, I'm sure, is breathing a deep sigh of relief at this point. Heavy knowing that, Huh? Heavy. Well, what, what do we do about this? It doesn't work at all now. We'll, we'll figure it out tomorrow. It was tomorrow. working just fine before. One little, I know, so it doesn't make sense, and we'll figure it out. Probably one stupid little letter or line that's wrong. I already got like 20 from this morning. We'll just go with that. <laughs> Obviously, if it was working before, there's some stupid reason it ain't here, okay? All right. Send link, okay? Send link. Outlook Express. There's the thing. I'm typing in that thing I'm supposed to type in. Now, which address comes up when that little the, pain uh, in the ass box? The one that we uh, okay. engineered there. Making sure there. Now, and there's the little box again. Okay. But it's not going to... See that little box you need? It comes that up again. That little box should not up. come up. Right. And that little box that comes up is asking for your Neil Rogers password, yes? Yeah. Okay. Just making uh, sure. Let me type it. This is bad, man. This is why nobody... There's, there's no reason computer. that box should be coming up. No, but it, it just it just keeps coming up. I click OK, and it's instead of connecting, the thing yeah. doesn't connect. I had that problem before, and I fixed it, and I forget how. Well, that's great. That's terrific. That's well, the we'll This is the reason I resisted so long, okay? I kept my honor. Well, look, I'm not a computer guy. Well, I'm sure as hell not. If you're not, I what the hell are you using? You know, you know, troubleshooting, that's Eric's department. Well, get him on the horn there. Get it him is. on the uh, screen. What do I do, Eric? I'm stuck thanks to George. Eric says now. that you need to select the right profile to send from. Well, what the hell does that mean? Exactly. I, from the accounts. That's why... <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go back to the beginning. I, I know. We're, we're not going to do it on the air. We we'll figure it out in the morning. Huh? I said, we'll figure it out in the morning. In the morning? You think I'm going to show up in the morning after this kind of crap? What? How am I going to send Josh all these stories without I, I my Alexa that you caused me to I know to he's got two accounts, Eric. He doesn't want to hear me because he thinks that if he does something with the other account on the Internet Explorer, that it's going to do something with his Hotmail account, which it won't. If you would tell me what to do, I'm not the least bit concerned about that. You told me Get that rid once of that and that Hotmail being... account. Well, how the hell do I do that? How do I do that, hot shot? Why did you close my thing over here, Miguel? <laughs> no, Miguel, because it's gone. The White House and Senator John Kerry traded their harshest accusations since the 2000 presidential race yesterday, with President Bush accusing the Democrat of troop bashing and Kerry calling the president's men hacks who are willing to lie. Yeah, did you see Kerry get all bent out of shape yesterday afternoon? If he would have gotten that forceful back in 2004, the election wouldn't have been close enough they could steal Ohio and steal the whole damn thing again. Kerry. He is scary, that old John Kerry. 
The war of words, tough even for this hard-fought campaign season, came after Kerry told a group of California students on Monday that those unable to navigate this country's education system get stuck in Iraq. And it was pretty obvious if you watched the clip, which I did a couple of times, what he was talking about. He just, as usual, expressed himself very poorly, and he botched the joke. The two parties are searching for any edge amid indications Democrats could take back the House and possibly win control of the Senate next week's midterm elections. That's why Harold Ford in Virginia jumped on the bandwagon, in Tennessee, rather. Jumped on that bandwagon, and oh, Bush owes an, ap- owes an apology. Uh, I mean, oh, it's just it's it's just pathetic. None of this has to do with any uh, anything that you know. No, what uh, does that have to problems. do with war? I apologize. Yeah, who's picking on who, and who's the biggest pervert, and who's the biggest bigot, and who's got the darkest skin, and who's the biggest uh, whore, and all that stuff. Like I told you, neither party's got any solutions for America, and that's why this is all they can talk about is sla- is slamming crap back at each other. You can almost smell it. And then it goes on about Tony Snow. So who cares about what the hell Tony Snow said? Huh? Screw Tony Snow. And the network he used to work at, too, okay? The fascist news network. And, of course, the people who watch that are just a bunch of automatons who, uh, you know, get sucked in. Now, am I going to get, like, a fax or something instructing me how to straighten this thing out? Because I want to get it straightened out now because I have to send my 800 stories during the show because Josh knows damn well I'll be leaving at 2 o'clock out of here like a bat out of hell. And as a result, that means I can't send them the 4,000. That would have been the fun part of this whole thing, George. Yeah. He's just aggravating him a little bit and sending like a hundred stories on the first day. Not that I would do it again. I'd cut it down to 90 tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll teach you how to send stories from your BlackBerry quick and easy. Just think how dangerous Ooh, that be, be exciting, done. huh? Wow. Dangerous. I never thought about that, and mm-hmm. that would slow down my play on the machine. I've done that before. Which means I've I sent only stories. Half as much. I've sent Josh stories while sitting on the toilet with my phone. It would take me uh, twice as long to lose a thousand. <laughs> like another, instead of 10 minutes, like 20 minutes. Yeah, man, I'll send you facts. Don't sweat it. You will? Sure. I mean, I thought we had that corrected. See, that's uh, something I, that I bothers me too. is that we're regressing. We went through the whole thing. We had that problem originally. You told me what to do. I did it. And, and like it, and magic, it bingo, that little box didn't pop up. And connecting right. that little green line, that slimy line went across that's there. That's why it leads me to Josh believe got the story. Uh, he got yeah. the slime on it, too. And what's not to like? And I thought, all right, we're in the ballpark. And then, of course, like everything with computers. Oh, surprise. Mm-hmm. See, that's the one thing I don't like about computers. They're like women. They're very, very spastic, right. you know. And much like women, usually the problem is something very simple and stupid. But it's, uh, next, you never know yeah. what kind of crap they're going to sling at you. More complicated than it has to be. Right. Just like women. Right. Just like your mother. Yeah. 27 after 10. What's that schedule look like? It's Wednesday, November 1. we got Mad Dog at 2. The Power Hour with the Mad Dog, uh, I guess, alone, 4 to 5. I, I don't know. I never know what the schedule Clarence is such an idiot. The Humper is in Louisville. He'll be on 5 to 7 from Louisville, where the uh, Churchill Downs, they got the Breeders' Cup this weekend, Saturday. Hurricane Hotline at GameWorks at the shops at Sunset Place, 7 to 9. The Beast at GameWorks, 9 to 10. <coughs> they feed him well, 80K at 10 o'clock as usual. No Panther game tonight. The Panthers and the Leafs in the Macarena tomorrow night. Going to go see that? Oh, yeah. Come on now. Go there and root for the Leafs. Root for uh, Paul Maurice and the Leafs. You know, an auto accident's a traumatic experience. There's shock, there's stress, there's tourists, there's grief. It's uh, something nobody wants to happen, but it does. And when it does, you're going to need help answering all the questions that will race through your mind. What do I do now? Do I need medical treatment? Do I need an attorney? Am I entitled to compensation? What the hell do I do and where do I turn? So many questions and so little time. You need to be sure you call the right number the first time when you do need help after an auto accident. one crash 61 it's a free call. There's no obligation. 1-888-CRASH-61. 1-888-CRASH-61. Because you need answers, not another accident. 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can talk to these folks. one crash 61 It's your auto accident hotline. 1-888-CRASH-61. It's toll-free. There's no obligation. Get all your questions answered about your auto accident. Get some peace of mind right away before the shock and stress just bury you. Call toll-free 1-888-CRASH-61, and they'll help you out. 1-888-CRASH-61. The biggest names of best talents. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560. 2 a.m. Get in and hold it. because even the original one doesn't pop up. When you press uh, send link, the Outlook Express thing doesn't even show up at all. So okay. this thing is uh, totally uh, erroneous. All right. Erroneous and felonious, so you worry about it. Will. Will. At any rate, it's 1034, and I'm trying to print something out. And I'm just hoping that this didn't screw my whole computer up, which wouldn't surprise not. me. We'll fix it tomorrow. Although I, Telemundo you know, is selling two of its hit, uh, hit telenovelas and shows from its cable network. Uh, Mon and Two, to be available on iTunes in partnership with Apple, the company said today. Isn't that exciting? Okay. The Telemundo nope. shows will be included in a new section on the iTunes retail website called iTunes Latino. Latin music has been a huge hit on iTunes, and now we're bringing music fans even more of what they love in a dedicated area on the iTunes store, said Eddie Q, Apple's vice president of iTunes. I don't see any facts here with any more instructions on what they, where I should stick it. Well, I was writing it, and, it. Uh, you know, having a conversation with Eric here, but uh, I'll wait. Yeah. Well, tell him now that the uh, box, in fact, if I was going to try to uh, send Josh that story, the one I just uh, read you, mm-hmm. I'm clicking send link, and it, it doesn't do anything. Nothing happens. Okay. okay. And I'm not going to sit here and wait. And neither is the audience, okay? They're getting pretty impatient and pissed off about this. I'll tell you that right now. I can smell it. We'll play with it more tomorrow. Yeah, I bet you will. 839 votes on the poll. What's the worst thing about men? I hate this poll. Oh, thank God it's coming down. 223, 26.5%. That's still staggering because you guys are taking it personal, Okay. She's like somebody is picking on them or something, which, of course, this poll is. Well, Sean's just trying to even it out. Obsession with sports, 129. They're slobs, 101. They lie like hell, 83. Right, Greg? 
Infidelity, 79. Inconsiderate, 68. Too many of them, says George, 62. They rape, says George's wife, 55. Well, she would know. Mm -hmm. They can't commit 22. And nothing, they're great, 17. Nothing wrong with men. And of course, the whole idea of these polls is stupid anyway because it lumps everybody together like all women are like this and all men are like that. Yeah, it's stupid, but it's, it's a poll, you know. Yeah. It's just it's for fun. fun. Yeah. It's not going to change the future course of mankind any more than whether I can get my Outlook Express working or not, which I doubt. See, the thing that bothers me about technology is that you get something working once, and it's great. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah. you didn't do anything, and all of a sudden, oh, guess what? It doesn't work anymore. For, no good, for no good reason. What? For no good reason. For not even for a bad reason. Just out of the blue, out of nowhere. Had that baby licked, man. We went through all that angst and grief and source, and I'm clicking and popping we'll and clicking here before the show. stupid setting that we'll, we'll fix. And Josh is sitting there quaking in his booth <laughs> where I'm going like, to send him 200 stories because I'm a maniac. Well, there's a lot of good stuff on there, you know? Uh, yeah, there is. He's got plenty of time now that he moved into his new digs with his old roommate. I'm not out yet. i still got a lot of moving, so take it easy. You're not out yet? No. Yeah, that's what Charlie Chris said, too. Gay. Anyway, here's a story uh, from uh, a little lady. There's a story about a, what was it, how did that go, the Brady Bunch? There's a story about a something lady. What was the word? About a goofy lady. Anyway, your buddy writes the rant, Doug Thompson, although his name isn't on this, but it's uh, on Capitol Hill Blue, the rant. John Kerry, another moronic presidential wannabe, he says. In 2004, the buffoons who ran the Democratic Party and their voters in primary elections gave us a political idiot named John Kerry and tried to convince us that he could be president. Christ, John Kerry. I remember the laughable excuse for a senator strutting onto the stage at the Democratic National Convention, snapping that ridiculous salute, announcing he was reporting for duty. What he should have been reporting for was the Psyche Ward at Bellevue. The Psyche. Psyche Ward? The Nutjob Ward at Bellevue. The incredibly stupid decision by Democrats to run John Kerry as their nominee in 2004 virtually guaranteed another four years of despotic rule by George W. Bush. Bush may well go down as the most corrupt president in U.S. history. He certainly is the most ignorant and the most devoid of morality. Yet John Kerry might have even outstripped Bush when it came to stupidity. On Monday, Kerry tried to tell a joke on the campaign trail. Kerry may be a clown, but he should leave jokes to the late-night talk show host. He's a bad senator and a crummy politician, but he's an even worse comedian. Speaking at Pasadena City College, Kerry said, to, um, into television ads in the future. There he is. There's Kerry. He says, you know education, if you make the most of it, you study hard, do your homework, make an effort to be smart, you can do well. If you don't, you get stuck in Iraq. How's that again, Senator? You apparently meant to jab Bush for his lack of education and knowledge, but the way you said it sounded more like an attack on the troops serving in the debacle called Iraq. Kerry's office quickly sent out a clarification saying the Senator did not stick to his prepared text and was supposed to add, just ask President Bush to the end of the statement. Let's see, a man who claimed he could be president can't even read the lines of his speech correctly and fails to deliver the punchline in a joke that's supposed to be the major focus of the speech? And this clown wanted to be leader of the free world? <coughs> There's no doubt George W. Bush is a blithering idiot who murders the English language just about every time he, open, uh, time he opens his mouth. He lies, he cheats, he makes illegal and immoral decisions that cost brave American men and women their lives. But John Kerry is no less a fool. His many missteps in the 2004 presidential election gives political science professors endless fodder for classes on how to blow an election. For your fodder. His stupidity this week created an environment that, for a day or two at least, allowed Republicans to divert attention away from the real issues of the campaign. Thank God this moron never became president, says Doug Thompson. He's very surly, and uh, like I'm getting about, I don't see no facts. I thought you didn't want to play with it during the show. 
No, I, I don't mind doing it during the breaks. I don't want to do it on the air. It's, okay. it's bad radio, okay? Uh, all this dead air while you're sitting playing that uh, 1902 uh, Rudy Valley music or whatever the hell it is. And I'm over here, like, uh, potsking around and punching buttons. I mean, uh, that's not what they're paying me to do, okay? Last time I checked. Yeah, I understand that. Not that I mind. I wouldn't mind sitting here potsking around with your computer the whole time. Well, it's going to be difficult because I don't know what's going on over there on your end. So just sending a fax for instructions for you to follow, uh, you know. Well, I press send link and nothing happens at all. So it indicates to me that that, whole, that, that thing is I, basically... I, I, uh, I find that source. difficult to believe. Although I went back to my desktop and it's down the little box was there again. Uh -huh. <laughs> In fact, it just keeps coming back. It won't go away. I keep giving okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. And it just, it won't go away. It keeps popping up right over uh, mm -hmm. James uh, Franco's It happened course. to me before and it's a setting that we have to correct. Well, we'll worry about that in the morning, okay? All right. In the meantime, I'm sure that I'm capable of sending Josh at least two, three hundred stories by the time I get out here at two o'clock. <laughs> I'm not going to send you any more or less than I would ordinarily, okay, Mr. Hodge? <laughs> just relax. <laughs> and just thank the, just kiss the ground that Eric Bale is You know what the most read story was yesterday on our website, Josh? Well, that's because you talked about it all day. You talked about, you know, pay Get out of here. Talked about it, my ass. And George is also full of crap on this Firefox about the text size that I have to keep increasing again. Yeah. I mean, I like Firefox, don't get me wrong, but there are some minor glitches with there, it. Okay? There, are, there are two text fonts, and you have to set them I both. don't want to hear about it. I know. That was the most read story on our website yesterday. Well, there's the, uh, the pissed-off uh, ape man on the Geico spot. He's on that walking uh, elevator there on the moving escalator at the airport. So easy a caveman can do it. Anyway, a GOP homoerotic uh, cabal. And uh, Chris and his Sweet 16 friend, 530. It's got the most reads from any story we had on yesterday. Nice job, Eric. Thanks a lot. And Josh is learning every day a little bit, slowly but surely. So, just like me, slowly but unsurely. 18 to 11 at 560 WQM. It's Donna Mattress's 30th birthday. About 30, man. And to celebrate, well, we just had the guy call. Uh, guy. Might, as well, might as well do it, right? Yeah, I got the check. Got the coffee. It's my birthday. Okay. And like I said, it's Dial Mattress's 30th birthday. And to celebrate, Dial Mattress and Simmons are offering the lowest price of the year on the best-selling Simmons Beautyrest Pillow Top. Right now, you can choose from South Florida's biggest selection of Simmons Beautyrest and get same-day delivery. If you're finally ready to get a good night's sleep for years to come and do it the smart way like I've been doing for a very long time, just make one easy call. Call Dial Mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS and get yourself factory, direct prices, and award-winning service with no nonsense. Dial Mattress offers you 12-month financing and that unmatchable delivery deal. You pick the two-hour window any day of the week, seven days between 8 in the morning and 10 at night, and that's when they show up, like noon to 2, 1 to 3, whatever day and time you want in that two-hour window when it's convenient for you, even the same day that you call. So to make a long story short, if you call right now, just pick up that phone, you can be sleeping like a baby as soon as tonight. That's why Dollar Mattress is ranked number one in the world in customer satisfaction and why even the dumbest of the dumb at QAM, even they use Dollar Mattress. You don't have to be a genius to figure out this is the best way to go. On the web, check them out at mattress.com or call them at 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off that last S. Like I always tell you, it stands for Stupendous Sensational Savings. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Force Radio 560, QAM. We are going to break down your door. Fire our guns. Apprehend them torture you. If you do not adhere, we will make you disappear. Unless you do exactly what we want you to. We are going to pull out your nail. Put screws in your skull. Ram a glue stick up your tube. That torture bill has been passed. 
they're pushing everything out. And there's not a stinking thing that you can do. Cube. Hey, liberal. Praise Bush as your lord and king. Or you will go to the pension cap if you do not agree. We step in line. Enjoy the brown shirt right. Or I will make you disappear tonight. We're going to poke in your eyes. Pull out your tongue. Drive a spike into your feet and hat. You better watch what you say. Watch TV, good obey. Or else we'll make you disappear. Because we can. Perhaps we'll beat you with a rubber hose again. Okay, 1048 at QM. I did see gaslight more than once, okay? So I know that when people are trying to drive me nuts or convince me that I'm like that, maybe it's a, uh, you know, a senior moment. Yeah, it was. I'm not in the wrong hour. I'm in the right no, hour. you're in the right hour, but there's no, there was no live spot to be read. It just says dial a mattress to spot. Well, you know something? It doesn't really make any difference. You want to know why? Why? Because it's still the same spot, back-to-back, side-by-each. It's still the same account. Well, I'm not the one that wrote the log, okay? In addition to which, after all these years, why not give uh, Dollar Mattress a free spot, huh? Why not? In fact, maybe maybe Chris Jones can get him to pay a little extra because I did it live. How's that? I'm sure he's calling them right now. Yeah, get on the horn right now and say, hey, guess what? Neil gave you a live one here, and we're going to charge you like an extra hundred bucks. You willing to pay it? No. Whatever. So it was a senior moment. Okay, my bad. I'm a little confused, although you'd be pleased to know, George, that when I click file and uh, send a link, mm-hmm. that now the Outlook Express box is back. Oh, good. Because Eric says you're, somehow the password got changed, and for some reason the, uh, he's getting a wrong password. What the hell does that mean? That somehow... The ho- well, how the hell got, got I, it worked I before, I and I, I retyped it in. Okay, well, whatever. Send me a fax. Don't uh, burden the audience with I, all this technical gibberish. Uh, I said, let's play with it with in the morning. With this gobbledygook. Right. Well, no, I, but you know me. I get uh, obsessed. I, I, get, I, I focus. I focus, right. man. Hocus pocus. I'm on the focus. Go eat some Mary Janes and relax. I wish I had some. Oh, my God. You <laughs> oh, had to start I don't that want to see another candy. And then I found, out, I found out that downtown there's a store, oh. a mutual acquaintance of ours named John. Mm-hmm told me the other day that there's a store uh, right downtown where they have like all the old time, they have all kinds of candy. I know exactly where he's talking about, too. I haven't been there yet, but aren't you proud of me? I went through a whole day and didn't go there. Very good. And I certainly can't go there today because at 2 o'clock I got my um, WW Wednesday, Woodbine mm-hmm. Wednesday. Oh, I could have my cabbie turn around and... Uh... <laughs> Maybe if you're lucky, you'll lose so much money you won't be able to afford candy. That's a good idea. So I'm going to like plunge extra today. I'm going to double, double down. I'm going to play two machines all day, side by each. As for overreacting to the Bush Kerry non-story, a slow news day is detrimental to in-depth news coverage. It seems while the cable news producers may think it's important, it's not likely that anyone in the voting public cares about this uh, Kerry business. Iraq, that's a different story altogether. The Wall Street Journal says President Bush is getting a bit more credit from voters for positive economic news, but there's little sign the modest bump is benefiting fellow Republicans in the midterm election campaign dominated by voters' anxieties about Iraq, a mess, a nightmare. A week before Election Day, the new Wall Street Journal NBC News poll yesterday showed the president received improved marks for handling the economy, an issue Republicans are increasingly emphasizing in their desperate 11th-hour attempts to hold their congressional majorities amid rising stock values and falling gas prices, which were sure is just coincidental. Mr. Bush essentially breaks even on the issues with 46% of voters approving his economic stewardship, 48% disapprove. That's up from 39 approval and 56 disapproval in June. Yet... Raging violence in Baghdad in recent weeks has further darkened Americans' mood about Iraq, the issue voters call most important to their election decision-making next Tuesday. The result, voters want Democrats instead of Republicans to control Congress by a 15-point margin, 52 to 37 percent. That gap matches the record for the question in Journal NBC poll set earlier last month. 
last month. Isn't it amazing? It's November 1 already. Hmm. God. Now, what did we decide yesterday? We got some important stuff coming up in November in the early days. Let's see. Tomorrow's the second. We got the Panthers and the Leafs at the Macarena. That's important. Saturday, we got the Breeders' Cup at uh, Louisville at Churchill Downs. What was happening on Sunday? Oh, Sunday's my birthday. birthday. And then Tuesday's election day. Wow. All of these All, of these all that crap. Iraq sits in the middle of this election, says Bill McIntyre, the Republican pollster who helps conduct the journal NBC survey. While Republicans may welcome voters improving attitudes toward the economy, as Democratic counterpart Peter Hart, they're getting swamped on the issue of Iraq. In fact, the poll demonstrates how attitudes on Iraq, in effect, translate into voters' ballot choices. A 54% majority of the electorate now says removing Saddam Hussein from power wasn't worth the human and financial cost. No kidding. The highest percentage in the journal NBC poll since the war began in March 2003. And you see, the, the interesting part of all of this is that the majority of the American people don't even realize how Saddam got in there in the first place. Who put him there? Among these voters, fully 8 in 10 want Democrats to control Congress after the elections. But among the 37% who say the war has been worthwhile, 7 in 10 while Republicans in charge on Capitol Hill, among all voters, 61% say they feel less confident the war will end successfully, while just 27% feel more confident about the outcome. The generic polling numbers support the thesis that little has changed, and according to the poll, if you think Iraq was, uh, if, the, if you think the Iraq war was not worth it, and that's 54% of the public, you'll want Democrats to control Congress over Republicans by 82 to 10%. Got that? Got those numbers? 82 to 10%? Got it. Speaking of numbers, let's take a look at that poll, that important poll. Oh, there's that box again. I don't want the box now. 893 votes. Well, if, if there's something with a password change, why, doesn't, uh, why don't I get a, a, a fax on that? I'm, I'm writing it A now. memo. I'm huh? writing it. I'm writing it. Are you writing it? Yes. Send it. Pass it along, okay? Send it. Pony Express. 893 votes. What's the worst thing about men? And again, they take it very personal. Uh, it wasn't meant to attack. We realize that we have an almost, uh, almost 100% male audience because certainly what women are going to listen to this radio station, huh? We used to have a few, but then we start with that all sports radio. You know, women are saying, oh, they don't want us. Isn't that it? Mm-hmm. We got a few. We got about 10. Worst thing about men, I hate this pool. Still leads, but down to 25.6%. 229. Nobody's going to top that. They don't like it. They're taking it very personal, and maybe there's a reason for that, you know? Sometimes you resemble the remark. Obsession with sports, 135. They're slobs, 104. They lie like hell, 89. Infidelity, 85. They're inconsiderate, 73. There are too many of them, 67. They rape, 59. Nothing, they're great. See how many people voted for that? About 30, man. And they can't commit, 22 out of 893. The worst thing about men. We could take a poll tomorrow about John Kerry, and uh, I'm not going to waste my time with that, though. I've wasted more than enough time with him already. He just, uh, he's a buffoon, okay? And the fact that they let him out, they should have him in a broom closet somewhere locked up until next Wednesday. That shows you how dumb the Democrats are. The fact that they let him keep running around, although he did butch up later on in the day. Do you see that? He got really pissed off and fired up. Do you think that makes a difference? No. No. In fact, every time we take a poll on who the Democrats should run in 2008, he comes in not just last, but he with a minus in front of his number. Like the guys across the street, like Joel Feinberg, with a minus in front of the number, except in the morning when they kicked our ass in the, last, uh, in the book. Didn't they uh, kick our ass in the summer book? Oh, yeah. And in that last month, wow, in September. Woo! That's when we're making the transition. Give Kenny and Bo a chance, okay? Once they get qu uh, quit talking about that sports stuff and quit having all those, uh, what's the guy's name, Her uh, Herb Street? Yeah. And I'm supposed to know who the hell that is? You probably do, maybe, if you saw him. Get out of here, Herb Street. You're a crazy person, man. I think I think you're getting swamped. You're getting swamped under with that sports. You're you're the the, the sports deluge is just swamping your ass under. The what? Getting, the deluge of sport. The incessant sports uh, uh, barrage that you get hit with in that building. 
Kirk, what, what's his name? Jerk Herbstreet? That's it. And then you got that uh, Ira Windbag, and you got uh, all these other, and then, of course, oh, my God, Eric Reed was on there yesterday talking through his teeth. What are they, how much did they lose by last night? I see they got their ass kicked really, really bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was, was it bad? It was like almost 40 or something. And then the Panther game, I noticed they don't even put an attendance down for that. You could have gone bowling in the stands at that game, which they blew in the last seconds of the uh, game. With a stupid penalty. Nice going, Martin Jelenau, you silly-ass frog. Nice going, idiot. Of course, when you got a coach named Jacques Martin also. Too much frog stuff. That's the problem there. Too many frogs uh, kill a pot. Anyway, they lost. 10.57 at 5.60 WQM. Any interest the Panthers and Leafs tomorrow night? No. Let's give away some tickets, not. Hey, racing fans, Pomp, now am I doing the right spot? Because I want to check with you. I want to double check. I'm yeah, doing you're right good now. Over. This is Pompano Park? That's right. Well, you know, I saw a Donna mattress. Now, I mean, can you fault me for assuming that it probably, I don't know, I just uh, saw it. Hey, you had a moment. I got my yellow highlighter there, and I highlighted it. I said, this is the highlight of my life, working for uh, Joe Bell. And Chris Jones, of course. He is something. Pompano Park is giving away what you love the best, cash. Make sure to come out this Saturday, November 4, for Pompano Park's great cash giveaway. Free drawings throughout the night to win $2,500 in free betting vouchers, or you might also win great tickets to an upcoming football game. You've got to be 18 or older to win, or only one win per person on the night. Free empty blanks will be given out starting at 6 p.m. at both entrance gates. And best of all, both admission and parking are free at Pompano Park. Pompano Park is open for live racing and poker every Wednesday, like tonight, Friday, and Saturday. Poker uh, Post time is 725, and the smoke-free poker room is open from noon till midnight with tournaments, too. Simulcasting as well, of course, every day, seven days a week from noon till one in the morning. And don't forget, now, this Saturday, November 4, is the great cash giveaway, so come out and win your share of $2,500 in betting vouchers or maybe some great football tickets, too. Pompano Park Racing and Poker, a block south of Atlantic Boulevard on Powerline Road. Call 954-972-2000 for the current racing schedule or go on the wicked web at pompanopark.com. Don't forget to take your compass and the roadmap for Dave Ingraham. Too. Pompano Park Horsepower, you can plunge your guts on. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560 QAM. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? I want to play a game. Oh, yes, there will be blood. Is one of the most sadistic killers in history. Now he's returned for the third installment of this trilogy of terror. Oh my god, this place is a mess. Whoa, and what's with me being chained to a wall? Jessica Simpson, pain and suffering are words that you've inflicted on millions of people with your awful music. Whatever. Now, the time has come for pain and suffering to be placed upon you. I don't get it. I want to play a game. Cool. I like games. Saw 3. Are we going to play Red? No. Monopoly? No. Jaffe? No. Checkers? No. Saw 3, starring Jessica Simpson. Okay, before we start this game, I just have to say that you need to send over maid service. This place is a pig style. Oh, yeah. Seriously, this place is so not me. Oh, please shut up. I mean, a five-star hotel, this definitely is not. Stop talking, please. See the movie that will make you scream. Oh, no! I have split ends! Look, I just unlocked the door for you. The keys to unlock the chains are in your back pocket. Use them and get out, please. I have a massive headache. Do you know of any good manicurist in the area? I totally chipped a nail. Oh, good God, leave. Saw three. Okay, so I got this whole uh, fax here from George. Mm-hmm. 
I went through the whole thing. Now, should we give it a give it a try? Give it a whirl. Huh? Sure. Let's give it a whirl now. Let me try to send to Josh 20 or 30 stories while we're waiting for this. And there's that tiny print again, too. Text size increase. We'll work on that tomorrow. I'll write a note. Okay, that's not a big deal. I'm not that lazy, okay? It's not that I'm making a big issue out of that, although I probably am. It's it's tough when you're in, uh, you know, different countries. When you're what? When you're out of touch with the audience up there in Toronto. You know what? It's difficult when you're not looking at the other person's computer screen to see what the problem is. Kerry cancels campaign events. Look at that. Now, there's a story out of Senate. Yeah, good news. White House insists Kerry apologize. Well, let me send the link. Outlook Express. Let me, oh, this could be exciting. It might just work. What do you think? What, what uh, do you I don't know. Scott. Everything connected. Uh, let's see. Is it sending it? Yeah, sending a message. Four of twelve. Five oh. of twelve. Oh. How do you like that? Ten of twelve. Twelve of twelve. So that's twelve stories you got there, Joe. <laughs> it's sending them all to you. Well, that's the one good thing about computers is they have that great memory, unlike us. Oh, yeah. And so that even if you screw it all up, that uh, yeah. the other stuff is stored in there, just waiting for you to get they it got all screwed buffer. up. They got a lot and of buffers. And now you got like you got a hundred stories for tomorrow already. Oh! All right, you're all set, kid. He's not sound too happy about it. Oh, oh you I'm thrilled. He's dancing. Prosecutors are expected to charge State Representative Ralph Arza and his first cousin today with felony counts of tampering with and retaliating against a witness for their expletive laced phone calls to a Miami Beach lawmaker who found their messages threatening, according to sources close to Arza and the investigation. Both are third degree felonies. Arza planned to have a press conference. As a matter of fact, 11 o'clock this morning, he might be having it right now to announce his resignation from his state house seat to stave off the criminal charges, but was told the charges would be filed anyway, the sources say. In other words, too late, sweetheart. One reason for the charges coming now, Arza was scheduled to speak in Tallahassee to the House Select Committee to investigate the conduct of Representative Ralph Arza. The committee was established after Representative Gus Barrero gave police five recordings of messages left by Arza and his cousin, Paulino Barbone, Jr. Didn't he used to pitch for the Reds? Two weekends ago in which Arza called him a bitch and used a racial slur that began with an N. Barrero had just filed a House Rules complaint against Arza, alleging the highly lawmaker had twice used racial slurs to describe Miami-Dade's black school chief, Rudy Crew. I wonder if he's kin to two live. Shortly after Arza left a second message, Barbone allegedly called and was far more explicit, saying, among other things, they would crack your head open. Did you get those uh, 12 emails, by the way, those uh, stories? He's looking. You know I did. Huh? I said, you know I did. I, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with my well, email. If you sent it, I got it. No. Ours is still expected to be resigned or thrown out of the Florida House by a two-thirds vote when it convenes in its first post-election season, November 21, when Arza's friend Marco Rubio is to be installed as the f- Florida's first Cuban-American House Speaker. Ours has told some friends he wants his successor to be a school board member, Frank Bolaños, who ran a vicious but failed campaign to one-seat Miami Senator Alex Villalobos this year. Villalobos said Bolaños is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Anybody that Arza insists on would be a bad choice. The way to make things right is to not have his guy in there. That's his guy. Whoever his guy is, that's the wrong pick. Just look at his track record, said Villa Lobos. I'm glad that there's no Ventum going on. You know what I'm saying? Ventum? Yeah. But there's Lynn Cheney right on the nasty Bulldog novels. Speaking of Ventum. An abiding insult. Oh, get out of here. Get lost, honey. Get lost. They're trying to spin on us. See, leave it to Carrie. Leave it to him to give them something to start harping on. You know what I'm saying? Man, oh man, I wonder if uh, Senator Makakowicz is playing the Jews harp in Virginia. He's probably harping on it. Speaking of that, Israeli jets fly low over Beirut. Oh, you see that? Nope. The Israeli Air Force staged mock raids on Hezbollah targets in Beirut and parts of southern Lebanon on Tuesday, according to Lebanese security forces. The warplanes flew at low altitude over the city and dived at targets, but no bombings. Maybe they had some of the mini nukes on there. Mm-hmm. 
Eight Israeli planes involved in the operation, according to the Lesbianese security officials. The mock raid was the biggest show of Israeli air strength in Lesbian since the 34-day conflict ended in August. And you notice how far, how fast the media forgot all about that in the public, too. You can be sure of that. Remember, we were like on pins and needles every day when that was going on? Oh, yeah. Needles and pins with the searchers? Israel has previously warned that it would continue to fly over Lesbian to prevent Hezbollah from re- rearming with weapons borrowed from Syria. U.N. peacekeepers and Lebanese security forces said that Tuesday's mock raids violate the U.N. brokered ceasefire between Israel and Hezbollah. But when did any of those things ever have any impact on the Israelis, ever? No. 924 votes on our poll, and the I hate this poll is down to 25.1. If we can get that down to a more reasonable number, instead of you guys taking it personal and stop being such a bunch of crybabies. <laughs> Being like women. You're acting like women now. Two commercial planes bumped into each other yesterday on a Newark International Airport. But there's a lot more of these stories every day now. You notice that? I have, actually. Not more air, uh, a lot more airplane horror, st- horror, horror stories. <sighs> Kena Hora. Two commercial planes bumped into each other yesterday on a Newark International Airport runway, delaying hundreds of passengers on a transatlantic flight. Lufthansa flight LH-403 headed to Frankfurt, Germany. I've been there. Eh, you don't want to go there. Bumped into another plane, said Lufthansa spokeswoman Jennifer Urbaniak. A wing on the Lufthansa Boeing 747 was damaged. The airline was getting the 294 passengers off the plane. No injuries reported. They had to get on another aircraft. The second plane was an empty Continental Airlines Boeing 757, which was being relocated to a remote overnight parking spot. It was in a stationary position when the contact occurred, the airline said in a statement. It was apparently brushed by a taxing Lufthansa 747. It appears the 747's left wing brushed the 757's right wing. Well, that's something when the left wing and the right wing. Do you notice there's something symbolic about that with the election just mm-hmm. six days away? The left wing is brushing the right wing or whatever the hell it was? If you want to fly, flap your arms, okay? That's my best suggestion to you. Lufthansa is okay, but uh, disappointing. I thought they'd have great food, you know, in business class on Lufthansa. Okay. They did not. Are they expensive? Are they expensive? Do chickens pee? Are you kidding me? Are they expensive? Of course they're expensive. Well, then what? I would expect some good food. Well, you don't get it. Like uh, KLM. Ask me, is KLM expensive? You bet your sweet ass it is. Do they have good food? And th- this business of airplane food, you've heard me discuss it a million times. The audience don't want to hear it again. It's just, uh, th- there's no point. They just aren't in, they, they should stop trying to be in the food business. They're in the flying you from one spot to another business. And let the food uh, thing get done by... I want sandwiches. Even though I shouldn't be eating the bread, I can just eat the tefillin, you know? Mm-hmm. I want sandwiches. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, now I can send a whole bunch of stories. <laughs> what? Well, it's your fault. Don't get pissed uh, off at me, Josh. Blame him. That's Beat right. him over the head. He's right there handy anyway. Well, I just want to make sure that this keeps working. I don't know how that... Uh, I, I, how did I, that I mean, I mean, what you sent me for the password, do you think I actually used that? Dumbbell or whatever the hell not. it was? Uh, of course not. I think this story just went out like lightning. Man, not only is this working now, but it's still working 100 times faster than it was before. By noon, I could have 600 stories for tomorrow <laughs> on websites that haven't been invented yet. I'll just make some stories up. How's that? God, that's Yeah, that would be a first. What, what does that mean? <laughs> you mean like Catherine Harris and her plane? Yeah. Maybe she yeah, was on one of those planes. Oh. Maybe that's why they brushed the... Uh, maybe Cruella. they thought Catherine was on her way to Frankfurt. Good place for her, by the way. It's a crappy place. Of all the places I've been in Germany, Hamburg is beautiful, but I don't know. I wouldn't go back there. Probably because I had a bad experience because I stayed in a beautiful uh, location, a hotel right on this big lake in Hamburg, but uh, no air conditioning. It was the middle of the summer. It was 100 degrees in the shade and no AC. Germany is very chintzy when it comes to air conditioning. Berlin is beautiful. Cologne is beautiful, but forget about AC, okay? Bring a fan. Bring somebody really nice to wave you with a fan, you know, or, or something. Or bring a bunch of ice to, to sit in. Sit in the bathtub and a, and a bunch of ice. And that's another thing in Europe they're very chintzy with is ice. 
Like if you want to you get a Coke or something, you want ice in your soda. Oh, they give you a look like, are you kidding me? You want ice? I've, what I've are you, some this. kind of a mean, some kind of a lunatic? I guess you're going to have to take your own when you go over there. Yeah, take your own bag of ice. 935 votes. Boy, if they don't get 56 people, percent of people say America's on the wrong track in that new NBC Wall Street Journal poll while they got that bitch Lynn Cheney on there talking about her lesbianist uh, novel. Not just on the party. Get out of here. Go dress up your hubby in his uh, underwear. The worst thing about men, 25% were down, too. I hate this poll. 234 it still leads. Isn't that amusing, though? When mm -hmm. we were picking on the women the other day. Yeah, well, they got it coming. I hate this poll. Only had about 6.4%. Uh, but now that we're picking on the men and finding, uh, you know, just taking it personally as, as if maybe we worded it wrong. Maybe that's Sean's fault. Maybe we should have said, what's the problem with some men? Well, most, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, most women, most men. Point. Yeah. I mean, we're not saying that all women are a bunch of uh, snotty bitches, like uh, you said the other day, or that all men are slobs or compulsive mm -hmm. gamblers or that they go out raping people or they're a bunch of perverts. What's wrong with being a pervert? I like it. Right. Right? What's wrong with that? Nothing. I think everybody ought to be a pervert to a point. But what does that mean anyway, where, pervert? You've you know? got to know where to draw the line. Uh, unlike Miss Foley, for example, who likes them a little bit too young. And even if they weren't too young. See, that's another thing that they keep dwelling on, this 16-year-old page. Even when they got to be 21 and he was having sex with these guys, the fact of the matter is that was inappropriate. He's supposed to be their guardian. He's grooming them so that when they can look to show their ID and they're over 18, he can be diddling them. That's what that was all about. Maybe he could go into the dog grooming business. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. I sure wouldn't have left him alone with any of my dogs, Miss Foley. How, I wonder what Miss Chris Yay. has to say about all of that. Are they asking him about that? Are they putting his feet to the fire? And Tom Fiedler, I saw his ass, his ugly little ass there the other day on MSNBC from the Herald, you know, little beady eyed Tom Fiedler without the yellow trench coat that he used to wear when he was chasing around Gary Hart and Donna Rice. How come you're not on top of Charlie Gay. Christ, huh? Since you're so interested in everybody's uh, bedroom activities and since uh, he's one of the big hypocrites of all time and he's probably going to be the next Florida governor, how come uh, Tom Fiedler ain't involved in that? You don't think because Gary Hart was a Democrat and uh, Charlie Chris is a Republican, do you? Or is that just a coincidence? Oh, it's possible. Yeah. That wouldn't be any more the Herald's pandering would it be to a certain constituency who hates them like poison and wishes they would all croak. 11.13 at 5.60, WQM, we got Mad Dog at 2. We got uh, the Humper is in Louisville for the Breeders' Cup on Saturday, so he'll be doing a show today from there. And then we got Geldy tomorrow, I see. We got Geldy at the Anta Center tomorrow before the Leafs Panthers game. Let me tell you again about what you ought to do with your carpets, and that is have dry concepts dry clean your carpets. They're the only people in the world who use this method, and it sucks out even the deepest down dirt in the fibers of your carpets that you can't see with the naked eye. But the good news is it leaves your carpets looking and feeling and smelling just like brand new. They smell lemony fresh, and it makes for a healthy situation all over your house. More reasons to use dry, uh, dry concepts is that your carpet will last longer because you keep it dry clean. It stays cleaner longer, too. It comes out softer. The color, or colors come out looking brighter. And like I said, your house smells lemony fresh. And Dry Concepts right now has got a plan to make frequent cleaning easy at a fraction of the cost of regular cleaning. You'll never have a dirty carpet again if you use Dry Concepts. I've been using them for over 21 amazing years in my house. They never let you down. And they give you a written guaranteed price right up front before they start doing their fabulous, unbeatable job on your area rugs, oriental rugs, your carpeting, your furniture, your drapes, your upholstery, all of these All of these things. things. In Broward, call Dry Concepts at 954-370-7778. That's 954-370-7778. In Dayton, Palm Beach, it's a toll-free call. 1-800-248-5071. 1-800-248-5071. Don't forget, nobody nowhere does it for you like Dry Concepts. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560. QAM. And now... A telephone conversation 
between Paul McCartney and Heather Mills. Hello, this is Andrew McCartney, resident. Put him on the phone. Duh, it's her. Uh, tell her I don't want to talk to her. Tell her I'm in me bubble bath. He's in the bubble bath. He's not in the bubble bath. I just heard him. Put the schmuck on the phone. She knows you're not in the bubble bath. Calling me. Hello, Paul. It's Heather Mills McCartney. For the love of all that's good and green, stop using Heather Mills McCartney. We're getting a divorce. I'm still your wife. You're not me wife. Linda's me wife. You're just a bad bit of lasagna before bed. <laughs> You're going to regret saying that. I am going to drag you through the mud. Me friends told me you were a lying, scheming, black man and little bitch. There's nothing beloved about you. Wait till everyone finds out who the real Paul McCartney is. Your own father said you were a gold digger. My father is a schmuck just like you, except you're the one who'll be writing a check for $600 million to Heather Mills McCartney. For the love of all the leaves in the trees, stop using me last name. It's still my name, and I'm going to be filthy, stinking rich. What do you want? I shouldn't be having any contact with you. I just want to tell you that I'm going to start telling the truth about you. You're a crazy. <laughs> I'm a crazy? How about the time when I was pregnant and you stabbed me in the arm with a broken wine glass during a fight? You lunatic. That was a fight between Carlos and Gabby on Desperate Housewives on the telly. How about the time I asked you to bring me 12 lemons and you only brought me two? Baby needed 12 to make a centerpiece. You crazy banshee. It was from the movie The Breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. You've lost it. You've lost it. How about the time we returned from vacation and you screamed at me constantly? You say, open the case, Anya. Open the case to Lula Bell. Wait till they hear that story. Wait till they hear that story, they'll know immediately you're talking about the TV show Deal or No Deal with Howie Mandel. You've got the telly confused with reality. How about the time you were an undercover police officer in the Boston Mafia? Huh? How about that one? How are you going to deny that, Paul McCartney? I'm a beetle. You're talking about Leonardo DiCaprio in the motion picture The Departed. How about the time you made me play kickball with my bad leg? But I love kickball. I love kickball. Kickball's like my favorite sport. And you knew that about me before you married me. Just wait till Heather Mills McCartney gets you into court. We all live in a yellow submarine. A yellow submarine. Number 23, you know, the best thing about this Outlook uh, Express thing about my new email deal is that uh, those things are firing off like light, greased lightning now. Mm-hmm. During that last break, I sent a couple more stories to Josh. What would he do if I sent him, like, 200 bedtime stories to put on the website tomorrow? He, he would savor everyone. Would he really? I'd have a fake heart attack. Would you? <laughs> Speaking of that, I nearly had a heart attack yesterday when I opened my weekly uh, FedEx package from Chicken Neck. Oh, yeah? Not only was his disc in there, but also a DVD of All Fall Down. Oh, yeah. Which I watched immediately. Thanks a lot, Chicken Neck. That was great. I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's pretty good. It's got Warren Beatty, and it's got, uh, what the hell is her name? I better Google it. It's got uh, Carl Malden. Oh, her. And it's got Angela Lansbury playing a really nagging, just a doting, overbearing, obnoxious mother, which some, some of us can relate to. Let's see. All fall down. Too much computer crap today. Although, mm -hmm. I'll tell you one thing. That thing works like a charm. Good. Don't know how that weird password got in there. One of those gremlins. Probably Alan Luden had something to do with it. 
in between uh, making cough drops. Let's see, All Fall Down, 1962. And, of course, it mainly uh, it had uh, 20-year-old, um, uh, what's his name, Randon DeWilda in it. 6.6 .6 out of 10 on IMDb. How do you like that? Eva Marie Saint, she was the blonde. Ah. She was the one that Barry Berry had his eyes on. He was a doing her. And uh, then, of course, she died in the end. Car crash. Very sad. Carl Malden, Angela Lansbury, Eva Marie Saint, Brandon DeWilda, Constance Ford. Do you know that Brandon DeWilda was born the same year that I was, 1942? The only problem with that is he's dead. He died in a car crash at the age of 30 in 1972. A lot of even numbers there. And this movie was made in 1962, so he was 20. So I don't feel like guilty watching it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to feel guilty watching. Like, I watched Scream last night, again, for the umpteenth time. I've seen it before. Oh. And I have no idea what uh, Billy, what the actor was, played Billy. And who else was in it? Neff Campbell was in it. She's all right. She's, no, she's nothing special. Right. Plus, she was schmutzed up most of the last half of the movie. Everybody had, like, blood all over them in the last half of the movie. Scream. I didn't find, like, one scary... Uh, I like the scary movie ones better than Scream, parts one through a hundred. Didn't you? Yes. As far as being camp, and at least amusing. I didn't find anything very amusing or uh, scary in the least bit. No. Here's some chilling news. Chilling. Winter might actually reach South Florida this year. Moderate El Nino conditions, the same events that helped suppress hurricane activity this season, are expected to propel waves of wintry weather to the region during the next few months. According to local forecasters, this means a relatively wet, dry season, sweaters in the subtropics, even the possibility of tornadoes. Oh, my God. Due to the return of El Nino this fall, which should uh, persist into the spring, South Florida's dry season may not be as dry as in previous years, said Robert Moyeda, the National Weather Service's severe weather expert in South Florida. More importantly, this may also mean that the threat of severe weather will likely be greater this winter and spring than in the past several years. Moyeda planned a news conference today to discuss the issue. El Ninos occur when water in the eastern Pacific become unusually warm. The child. So uh, that whole El Nino thing, it's just, it's so sad, man, it makes you want to cry. During the summer and fall, El Ninos can produce crosswinds that inhibit hurricane development. During the winter, El Ninos can cause the jet stream to shift farther south, allowing northern cold fronts to dip into South Florida. When those cold fronts arrive in Florida, they sometimes collide with warm, moist tropical air, creating severe weather. That's what happened in 98 when a ferocious storm struck the entire state in early February, and then three weeks later, a swarm of tornadoes pummeled the Orlando area, killing scores of people. Three years ago, a moderate El Nino delivered relatively heavy rain that helped end a long drought in Florida. No one can predict the precise effect of the current El Nino, but forecasters say history offers a lesson that should be remembered. Even though hurricane season is nearly over, Floridians should keep an eye on the weather. Take an eye out and uh, stick it on the weather. Put it on your barometer. There is a possibility we may experience the most active winter and spring severe weather season since at least 2003, Moyeta said. That's three whole years. Holy moly, man. That's record-breaking. Isn't that exciting? Mm -hmm. It's chilling. I just love the way. And of course, they're trying to you know, be cute. A little play on words. Chilling. But uh, everything is chilling, uh, breaking news, uh, hysterical, uh, earth-shaking. Uh, it's a bunch of crap. 973 votes on the poll, and we're down to 24.6%. I hate this poll. They're starting to take a little bit less personal, which is very good. Isn't that good? That's great. I think I also did the wrong. I didn't, didn't I do the spot in the wrong break? I'm out of sync, man, today. It's because of this computer business. Didn't I just do the dry concepts? Yes, break you did. I wasn't going to say anything to you, tell you. No, you well, why not? Moment. Hey, just go with it, man. No big deal. Why the hell not? Well, there's not. I want to do like, uh, you know, seeing the good, I could do it again, and then we could yeah. charge the client double. Isn't that what it's all about? Because basically the new sales department, that's our motto now, is just, just put a bunch of spots on the log, and if we can get people dumb enough to pay for them, uh, that's, that's all we care about. I bet you half the spots on the log are sliders. You know what sliders are? Mm -hmm. The late Larry Kent used to explain to me at INZ what sliders were. And they're, they're, they're contracts that salespeople make up that nobody ever agreed to, and they just turn them in, and then they, uh, you know. 
They build a client and see if people are careless, they're sloppy, or dumb enough to actually pay for it. The biggest names. Tell us a bag of money, folks, okay? The Beasley's not hurting me. They're starving over there. A lollipop, little boy? Welcome to America. No one will survive our next attack. These are the stakes. You will all be destroyed if you do not vote for our Republican bread. These are the stakes. You must stay the course in Iraq. No, stay in Iraq, as they say, until the job is finished. That new embassy is not completed yet. America should at least stay until they finish building it. These are the stakes. Card dealers, movie theaters, man or oh man, that place will be the bomb. These are the stakes. Praise Buddha, fan, These are the stakes. Are those your stakes? I know, Mr. President. Uh, these are the stakes you ordered. Mm. From Omaha? Um, not exactly, sir. Um, they came from the basement of Walter Reed. <laughs> nice and rare. This message was approved by Ken Melman of the gay old party. And just to prove it to you, I painted my chest all blue. Oh. 27 to Luna QAM, so I got two bad pieces of news for you. The uh, Hotmail thing is doing the same thing again. Not the Hotmail, the... Um... No, no, Eric just told me that he's getting that same weird password for some reason. Why is that? I, I don't know. Let's play with it in the morning. Well, I don't want to play with it in the morning. And then also, you just uh, sent me a cover page from Keith, a listener since a KET. It says, uh, oh, that's a pervert, Keith. I know who that is. He used to send me porno in the mail all the time. Yeah, well, guess what this is? Well, I can't make it out because it's okay. a black page. It was a, a birthday card, a pornographic birthday card. Oh, well, uh, he does that all the time. You're Just pervert, Keith. My kind of guy. 986 votes on the poll. So you mean to say I can't? I'm all done sending stories to Josh for tomorrow? Holy cow, couldn't have been more than 40. I guess so, because that thing ain't working no more. Nearly half of Americans uncertain that God exists, according to a new poll. Gay. Nearly half of Americans are not sure God exists, according to a poll that also found divisions among the public on whether God is male or female, or whether God has a human form and has control over events. In other words, like that, all the God BS. The survey conducted by Harris Poll found that 42% of U.S. adults are not absolutely certain there is a God, compared to 34% who felt that way when asked the same question three years ago. Among the various religious groups, 76% of Protestants... 64% of Catholics and 30% of Jews said they're absolutely certain there's a God, while 93% of Christians who describe themselves as born again feel certain God exists. <laughs> Wait a minute. Only 93%? Yeah. So I'm a born again Christian, but I'm only so, so certain. When questioned on whether God is male or female, 36% of respondents said they think God is male, 37% said neither male nor female, and 10% said both male and female. He's got it all. He's a hermaphrodite. Only 1% think of God as a female, according to the poll. Wasn't that something? Asked whether God is a human form, 41% said they think of God as a spirit or power that can take on human form but is not inherently human. In other words, a bunch of gobbledygook. But a beep, but a boop, like that. So the good news is, yes, Eric changed the password to that weird one that keeps coming up, so now you shouldn't have any more problems. <laughs> All right, let me try sending the story here. <laughs> He says, what's that password? Does it mean something? <laughs> and I tried telling him that no. Uh, well, don't, uh, don't look at me. I'm not changing it. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm trying to explain to him that, uh, you know, what we're doing, and he thinks we're both nuts. 
Okay, let's see. Not that thing. It didn't work. Still popping up. All right. So, like I said, we'll play with it in the morning. Ah, crap. You see, just when I thought that I had some really magnificent thing here, this was going to work real great because you hate Alexa like poison. You had right. me remove it from my computer. Yeah, it sucks. Just because Internet Explorer is a piece of garbage? That, too. Here's another fact that says... Do, 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 do. That's what it says. By the way, something, who done more for American... Uh, who done more for American, uh, African, um, African-American broadcasters' credibility? Shannon Sharp or Lenny Martez? Good, uh, good question. It's tight. It's tough. So George Bush is getting on Kerry's case for botching a phrase. That makes sense. Old W is a master of the English language. Further pull, men are too homophobic. Okay. Okay, let's put that on. They're too homophobic. Be a problem this is from Ken, something. who must be gay. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Ken. Butch up. Anyway, as to whether God controls events on Earth, well, let's see. As to whether God has a human form, 41% said they think of God as a spirit or power that can take on human form but is not inherently human, which is just, uh, you know, a bunch of nonsense. As to whether God controls events on Earth, 29% believe that to be the case, while 44% said God observes but doesn't control what happens on Earth. Well, I thought he was supposed to be omnipotent and omniscient and um, uh, omnipresent and uh, whatever. He knew it all, right? But maybe he just likes to watch. Maybe he's a sadist. That's what I'm thinking. Your God is a sadistic God. There's no mistake about it. 989 votes by uh, the time we do the next break. We'll have 1,000 votes already. That's not such a big deal. A lot of people, a lot of guys didn't want to vote on this poll because they took it personal. Although we are down to 24.2%. Won't that make you feel a whole lot better once we get under 24%? No, not really. It'll make me feel relieved that they're not taking it so personal. They're all voting for there are too many of them. What's the worst thing about men? 992. I hate this poll. 241. 24.2%. How come we didn't put the, the too homophobic? Oh, coming right up. Just refresh it. As opposed to a little homophobic. A little bit's okay. You know, in other words, if some fag comes running after you, tries to grab your uh, right. goods, run like a son of a bitch. That, that's okay. But if you're, like, uh, thinking everybody that uh, smiles at you is some kind of, uh, uh, you know, yeah. is trying to put a move on you. See, that's the thing about me that, that really amuses the hell. Uh, uh, it's just a lot of guys who are just uglier than sin, a lot of straight guys, and think that there are gay guys who are like, uh, well, some of them are. Oh, look at that Virginia Senate race. Opinion research. Web 50%. Makakowitz down to 46%. 4% undecided. It's tighter than a witch's butt, man. But Jim Webb is four points ahead. How do you like that? And Senator Makakowitz is, uh, he's trailing. He's illing. Is that incredible or what? Yeah. I'm going to try that story one more time. <laughs> well, maybe he hadn't done that yet. Had he already done it? Uh, it's, it's possible it hadn't taken yet should see the conversation we're having in the little chat window over here. Are you really? Yeah. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm sending it, and it didn't work. Okay, because he's telling me, did you try this? And, of course, it's everything that we already did this morning, so. Didn't work. If you think I'm a pain in the ass. Like I said, I love you, Eric. You're great. Yeah, plus who the hell wants to have that funky password on there if I ever have to type it in again? Like, I'm going to remember no that. We're going we're gonna to take care of that. Bizarro, Eric. A, Bizarro. Remember why Bizarro the machine, the uh, There's a gremlin in there. We'll, we'll weed yeah, them we'll, out. We'll get it straightened out. I'm sure the audience is just on the edge of their seat. Like I said... Oh, they're taking the, notes. They're writing all this down. Internet Explorer and Alexa, okay? They'll never let you down. And, of course, Alexa is just uh, a uh, pop of a button, too. Josh knows how fast I can send those stories with Alexa. Ding, like that. It's on its way. Yeah, just like that. Like, there you go. But, unfortunately, now I'm, like, uh, cut off at the past. So, if, like, the world is coming to an end any time in the next uh, two and a half hours or two hours and 20 minutes, I'm not going to be able to uh, send it for uh, tomorrow's stories. If it's coming to an end, like over the weekend or something like that, you'll never know about it on our website because, uh, unfortunately, thanks to George Pachke yeah. and telling me, oh, this is going to be great. It's just going to take six clicks is all it's going to take. That's right. 
Always uh, exaggerating, man. Always exaggerating. Always trying to like uh, show us how smart you are and how dumb I am. That, that's basically uh, what yeah, it's all about. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Isn't it? Isn't that what it is, Josh? Sure. How smart he is and how dumb the rest of us all are. That's basically George's goal in life. Neil Rogers, good. George Rodriguez, no good. See, you should have done it the other way around. Would be good. What's that? Get a hold, get a hold of your buddy uh, Scotty Mack. Oh, yeah. George Rodriguez, good. Neil Rogers, no good. You shouldn't do that one. Yeah, it wouldn't be funny. It, it would be most amusing. 19 till noon at QM. We got uh, the Mad Dog at 2 o'clock. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of commiseration, man. The local teams are all taking it right up the old... Uh, QM! Yeah. Hurricanes lost to Georgia Tech on Saturday. The uh, Dolphins uh, had uh, had to buy, so they didn't lose before. They're really uh, illin. Panthers blew the game in the last minute last night. A stupid late penalty. They got beat uh, by the Sharks 2-1 to one at the Mac Arena. The Heat with their opening game of the season with all that big hullabaloo we had, wasting hours on the station. Bop, 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 bop. Oh, and then they would get blown out by uh, the Bulls, no less. I thought the Bulls were weak. I thought the Bulls sucked. Oh, and that, you know, that little box keeps popping up by itself just spontaneously every now and then. It's trying to send. Trying to send. No, I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the one that says, oh, yeah, you got to, uh, mm-hmm. it's trying to send what? It's trying to send whatever you tried to send the last well, time. Well, that's a good thing, work. is once we get it all straightened out, then we'll have like 50 more stories that will all go at once to Josh. <laughs> the biggest names, the best talents. This all is right. Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. And this is G. Gordon Liddy, and they don't come any worse than Neil Rogers. Absolutely. WQAM. Big doses of red wine e- extract helped obese mice stay fat and happy. Huge amounts of red wine extract seem to help obese mice eat a high-fat diet and still live a long and healthy life, suggests a new study that some experts are calling landmark research. Oh, my God. The big question is, can it work the same magic in humans? I'd start sucking down the red wine right now if I was you. Just like Carl Malden in that movie, I'll Fall Down, man. He never stopped drinking during the whole thing. And of course, if you were married to that bitch, oh... And if you had a son like Barry Berry, rhymes with... You fairy! Scientists say it's far too early to start swilling barrels of red wine, but some are calling the latest research promising and even spectacular. The study by the Harvard Medical School at the National Institute of Aging shows that heavy doses of red wine extract lowers the rate of diabetes, liver problems, and other fat-related ill effects in obese mice. 
Fat-related deaths dropped 31% for obese mice on the supplement compared to untreated obese mice. And the treated mice also lived long after they should have, the study said. Astoundingly, the organs of the fat mice that got the wine extract looked normal when they shouldn't have, said study leader author Dr. David Sinclair of Harvard Medical School. And Sinclair said other preliminary work still being done in the lab shows the wine ingredient has promise in lengthening the lifespan of normal-sized mice, too. I'd go out and get a bunch of grapes right now, but red grapes. And what is it that they're extracting from the red wine that's so good? Sinclair has a financial stake in the research. He's co-founder of a pharmaceutical firm, Citrus Pharmaceuticals Inc. of Cambridge, Mass., which is testing the safety of using the extract on humans for treatment of diabetes. For years, red wine's been linked to numerous health benefits, but the new study published online in the Journal of Nature shows that mammals given ultra-high doses of the red wine extract, Rivera, what is it, Riveratrol, there it is. can get the good effect. What? That's the question I asked. Resveratrol can get the good effects of cutting calories without having the pain of actually doing it. If we're right about this, it would mean you could have the benefit of restricting calories without having to feel hungry, Sinclair said. It's the holy grail of aging research. The holy freaking grail, baby. Try the wine. Resveratrol, produced when plants are under stress, are found in the skin of grapes and other plants, including peanuts and some berries. The resveratrol treated 55 obese mice on a high-calorie diet. One scientist called it a McDonald's diet. are not only about as healthy as normal mice, they are as agile and active on exercise equipment as their lean cousins, showing what can be considered a normal quality of life, higher than usual for obese mice, said study co-author Rafael de Cabo of National Institute on Aging. These fat old mice can perform as well on this skill test as young lean mice, Sinclair said. Well, when Humper gets back from Louisville, give him some grape juice, see what happens. All right. See if he starts hopping around. He drinks the grape soda here all the time. Oh, that ought to do it. Maybe that's what keeps him so uh, so spur and uh, whatever. Spry. Spry. Spur and spry. The only major body measurement that didn't improve aside from weight was cholesterol. That didn't seem to matter in the overall health of the mice. Huh. The study is so promising that the Aging Institute this week is strongly considering a repeat of the same experiment with rhesus monkeys coming the closest to humans after successful resveratrol experiments on yeast, worms, fruit flies, and now mice, said Institute Director Richard Hodes which means you ought to be eating loads of uh, red grapes. I'm going to start. Right? Yeah. Of course, if you're diabetic, it's not a good idea to be eating too many of them. And, of course, if you're diabetic, you can't have that great Welch's grape juice. Well, that's one of my favorite things in the world, and I can't drink it. Don't. Get that just... extract instead. Yeah, get some of that resveratrol, whatever that is. 1,021 votes, and I hate this poll is down to 24.2. If we can get that baby down to about 20% by the time we get out of here at 2 o'clock, it'll be, re- it'll be something. I don't know what, but it'll be something. It'll be quite an accomplishment. When we started out this morning, we were right on the verge of... About 30, man. Yeah, you know, hate this poll. Because they're taking it personal. You even noticed that yourself on there. The, sure. uh, you know, leading the way. That's the number one answer so far. Oh, and speaking of the number one answer, have you noticed there's that new family feud, the 18th incarnation? They keep trying to bring that show back, and guess what? They don't have the right host to do it. No, I hadn't noticed. I mean, you had uh, inebriated Richard Dawson in the beginning, who was, of course, the best. An egotist, a maniac, but nevertheless, he was good. And then you had, uh, what's his name? <laughs> The short guy that blew his brains out, what was his name? Oh, uh, Combs. Ray Combs. And uh, he, was, he, was, he wasn't bad. Although, see, the thing with Ray Combs is he thought he was going to be the next Johnny Carson. Remember we read that story? Yeah, yeah. He thought he was going to be a really superstar, and the best he could do was be like the uh, host on um, Family Feud. That's good enough. Well, not for him it wasn't. <laughs> That's he blew his brains out. Plus, the bitch, I think, made him do it. Mm-hmm. Got a nasty uh, uh-huh. marriage going. That's right. And then they had the Louis B. Anderson, who was, uh, oh, my God. 
I'd have rather had Louis Armstrong yeah. than he's been dead for a few years. Louis B. Anderson was supposed to be very funny, and the only thing he was was <laughs> fat and very annoying. Then they had another guy on there who I have no idea what his name was, and now they got another one. I think they got the fifth or sixth incarnation of Family Feud on the air. I mean, the show, the, you know, the concept is good, except for that all that fakery when the family is sitting around in a huddle, like uh, you know, grabbing each other's ass off on the side, you know. Like, they're plotting, they're plotting. Yeah, plot this, schmuck. A bunch of crap. John Kerry cancels all events but called into IMUS on MSNBC this morning because nobody was listening or watching. Oh, man. Can you imagine that? No. <laughs> sure glad we missed that. The two more mumbling at each other. <laughs> Threats of bloody retribution and accusations of American involvement erupted across Pakistan's tribal areas yesterday after that missile strike that killed 80 people in a ra radical madrasa. An estimated 20,000 tribesmen crowded into cars six miles from the school that was shredded by airstrikes on Monday. Cries of down with America rang out as radical clerics addressed the turban protesters, the heads, many of whom brandished Kalashnikovs or rocket launchers. Our jihad will continue, God willing, thundered Mulana Fakir Mohammed. There's another faker. Hmm? A firebrand preacher who would links to Al-Qaeda, and our people will go to Afghanistan to ask American British forces, he'd be saying. Iniyat or Rahman. I wonder if he's related to Ray Remen. Claimed to have a squad of suicide bombers waiting to kill Pakistani soldiers imitating Iraqi attacks on Americans. When he asked the crowd if they'd support the measure, the tribesmen replied with a unison jest. The protesters claimed that Monday's strike in Chingai village had killed innocent religious students, not international terrorists, but the Pakistani government insisted the school was a front for an al-Qaeda meeting facility. One official speaking on the condition of anonymity said the madrasa had frequently been visited by Osama Yamama's deputy, Ayman the Paiman al-Zawahri, and by Abu Ubaida al-Masri, an Egyptian militant who was suspected of masterminded last summer's alleged plot to bomb transatlantic uh, airliners. But he said neither one of them was at the madrasa at the time of Monday's attack. Oops. The car rally was the largest of several across northwest frontier, Sindh and Punjab provinces, where American flags and effigies of George Bush were burned at it. And it goes on. You know, just making friends all around. And of course, the Pakistanis, those are really no. our good friends, aren't they? The Pakis? Oh, yeah. 1,026 votes on the poll, and we're at 24.2% hate the poll. Men. Speaking of polls, everybody's got their eye on them. We've got six days left. Democrats are ahead in the races for 12 of 15 key Republican-held seats in the U.S. House a week before the November 7th elections, placing them within striking range of winning control of the House, according to the latest Reuters-Zogby poll released today. In fact, I don't know whether this story went through or not, but I'm not going to try to send any more stories to you. I mean, I could do it just the old-fashioned way, you know. No, you probably shouldn't. I think I might. I think I'm going to try it during the break. Five Democrats had comfortable double-digit leads in the battle for the Congress with just one Republican, Michelle Bachman in Minnesota, holding a double-digit advantage. Seven of nine Republican incumbents trailed Democratic challengers in the polls, and Republicans were behind in five of six open Republican-held districts. Democrats have to pick up 15 seats to reclaim uh, control of the House, and the polls found Republicans struggling to avoid being swept from power for the first time since 94. Since the last round of Reuters I'd be polls in early October, when Democrats led in 11 of 15 races, Democrats improved their standing in nine districts, and Republicans gained ground in six. Three districts switched leaders with two Democrats, Ken Lucas in Kentucky and Bruce Braley in Iowa, and one Republican, Representative Thelma Drake of Virginia, moving in the lead after trailing in October. Democrats are getting very close to that magic number of 15, pollster John Zogby said. Republicans are really on the ropes. The polls were taken between October 24th and 9th and 15th of the most competitive House districts across the country. The surveys of at least 500 likely voters had a margin of error plus or Maso minus four and a half points. I keep showing John Kerry again over and over. There's a message that the Democrats... Oh, God. Somebody ought to send him a message. Put him in the broom closet and lock, lock the door, okay, until at least next Wednesday. In fact, if you want to leave him a little bit longer than that... The okay, biggest too. names of best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560. <laughs> 
Miss Dick Cheney. I like to relax by having Mary Magdalene massage my balls while listening to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. <laughs> People, I don't know why you're upset. Flew my private jet to the third world. Just like Brangelina, I adopted a baby. This kid just won the lottery, but you think it's for publicity. I care about the kids, keep the cameras rolling. Please, people don't preach, I'm his new mommy. People don't preach, cause I've got money. So I saw the light, I'm taking this WQAM. Bad news for you, Josh. In fact, if you check your email, there, you'll notice you got a bunch more stories on there. Shocker. I, I fixed that thing again during this last break. I fixed it, George. Okay. Well, I went back in there and I re-changed. In fact, you gave me great instructions there on that one sheet. As long as I don't lose that one sheet of paper, All right. I'm in the ballpark. So don't be changing the password again, Eric. I mean, you did a wonderful job there, but cut the crap. Leave it alone. Go eat some sandwiches. Mark Foley was adept at playing the role of a Republican congressman trying to save at-risk kids. He did it for nearly 12 years as chairman of the House Caucus on Missing and Exploited Children. He also did it in a high-camp, low-budget action flop called Strike Force that went straight to DVD. In the film, which also features a cameo by Burt Reynolds, Foley plays a congressman identified in the credits only as Republican Fairchild, who hires a band of violent jet-setting vigilantes to rescue his kidnapped daughter. Shot in Palm Beach County, Florida, which Foley represented, the firm was originally released in 2001 as The Librarians, named for the vigilante group that collects overdue people. Isn't that cute? That's funny. Uh, Lionsgate bought the rights and re-released in 2003 as Strike Force. Or maybe it was Jeff Stryker Force. Maybe that's why Mark Foley was in that. Whatever it's called, the movie opens with an awkwardly choreographed gunfight. At least a dozen hapless bad guys succumb to bullet wounds before the leader of the group, played by William Forsythe, rescues Fairchild's spawn setting up a father-daughter reunion and a wooded road. Foley emerges from the back of the black stretch limo, a gold pin resembling those worn by members of Congress glinting on his lapel, and kneels as the girl rushes into his arms, setting up this exchange of inspired dialogue. Foley, eyes clenched. Oh, I missed you too, baby. Girl, there were a lot of bad men. Foley, I know, baby, but it's all over now. Deep sigh. God, I love you. I love you too, Daddy, she says. Isn't that sweet? Really? Greg Hopner, a Palm Beach Gardens resident who served as an associate producer on the film, says Strike Force needs to be viewed in context. It's not going to win any Academy Awards, but it's a good little rainy Sunday afternoon movie, he tells Radar. For a $4 million movie, it looked like it was a $10 million or a $12 million movie. Or maybe like... About 30 man. About 30 cents. Since its release, Strike Force has aired on Showtime. It's available for $12.99 on Amazon. A price one reviewer asserted was too high unless you really like poor storylines and bad acting to boot. Hopner says he's known Foley since before he was elected to Congress in 1994 and thought he'd be a natural fit for the Republican Fairchild role, at least the part where he was on his knees, but not necessarily with little girl. He'd been our congressman for a long time, and he was crazy about the movies and the entertainment businesses, Hopner. 
Indeed, Foley was regarded as one of Hollywood's go-to Republicans and seemed to revel in the attention of his status afforded him from actors like Julia Roberts, Celine Dion, and Tom Selleck. Aha! Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds. You start seeing this picture? Mm-hmm. At the 2000 Republican National Convention in Philadelphia, he was fated at a nightclub party hosted by then-MPAA President Jack Valenti, Disney, Viacom, and Time Warner. Not that Foley was ever bashful about his close relationship with Hollywood. In fact, he told the Washington Times in 1999, Acting is in my blood. Foley's appearance in Strike Force certainly wasn't motivated by greed. According to a mandatory disclosure statement filed in 2001, he donated his $400 fee to charity. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. It's somewhat ironic Hopper concedes that Foley's most significant foray into acting landed him in a flick about a quest to save an endangered child. Of course, it was supposed to be his own daughter, he notes. It wasn't like it was a congressional page who was kidnapped or anything like that. <laughs> uh, whatever that means, huh? It means right. whatever you wanted to. How do you like that? Oh, back up to 24.6%. See, they're doing that just to uh, because they think it's going to piss me off. Ask me if I really care. No. Yeah, I, I, care, no. I care about, about as much of the result on this poll as I care about any of them, you know. Just get a lot of votes. That's all we care about. That's all uh, Eric cares about. Get a lot of votes. Each vote, he makes another uh, 10 bucks. <laughs> Doesn't he wish? Wouldn't that be great? We could split it like four ways. In fact, George promised me that he'd cover whatever I lose this afternoon at Woodbine. He said he'll cover it. Oh, oh yeah. He said before the show, John, yeah. and he said he'd match the amount and give it to you, too. I'll write you a check. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'll frame it. 1,067 votes on that poll. We got, let's see. We're not doing this as fast as we did the one yesterday. What the was yesterday's about? Remember what yesterday's poll was? I haven't got a clue. Oh, well, uh, the addiction? Oh, yeah, what were you addicted to? I guess voting on our poll must have been the answer, because we sure had a lot of votes on the poll. But today, uh, way down. And you want to know why? It's your fault. I know. Like everything else. Well, no, because I'm too preoccupied with poshking while with this damn computer today and not paying uh, enough attention to business. Too much monkey business, not enough real business. Although, let's see, we got this and we got that. I don't know. I, I like looking at the stats page on here. What? I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a puke at it, okay? That's enough. I'm not looking at it no more. I'm going to go watch uh, All Fall Down Again with Brandon DeWilder. Sports agent indicted in smuggling scheme for Cuban baseball players. You see this story? I bet you were all over this like stink on Greg. No, what? A California-based baseball agent and four assistants were indicted yesterday, accused of financing and organizing a smuggling scheme to get Cuban baseball players out of the communist island. How do you like that? Incredible. Agent Gustavo Gus Dominguez of Total Sports International is accused of hiring four men to help him get 19 Cubans out of the island August 22, 2004, including several ball players, some of them now playing for minor league teams in the USA, and three children identified in the indictment only by their initials. Though this case involves a Beverly Hills sports agent and talented baseball players, it's remarkably similar to the human smuggling operations that Immigration and Customs Enforcement encounters every day, ICE, ICE Assistant Secretary Julie Myers said in a statement. The ringleaders put the lives of illegal immigrants and at risk and sought to profit from their labor. It's unfortunate that those who claim to support Major League Baseball taint America's pastime with these illegal human smuggling operations. What are we going to do about the illegals, huh? Get Lou Dobbs on the case. All right. Dominguez Beverly Hills Company represents some 50 baseball players, including pitcher Jason Simontacci, former Marlon Greg Colbrun, and Cuban defectors Eddie Oropesa and Andy Morales. Remember Greg Colbrun? I remember him. Yes. Josh? Yes, you don't say that too enthusiastically. Wasn't he first base? Mm-hmm. How do you like that? But I sure know my Marlins not. I did in the beginning. I used to go to a lot of games, and then it got to be really ponderous. The indictment accuses Morales of depositing 50 grand into a commercial capital bank account to finance the operation. The indictment accuses Dominguez of renting an apartment in Woodland Hills, California, late July of 2004. Four days later, Jeffrey Rodriguez, 
Hola. Boarded, boarded 22 Cubans on a 28-foot uh, boat in Cuba. The boat was turned back by Customs and Border Protection. A month later, Hernandez went back to Cuba to pick up another 19 Cuban nationals, many of them from the first aborted trip. A few days later, Dominguez transferred 25 grand to Commercial Capital Bank. According to the indictment, co-defendants Jeffrey Rodriguez and Roberto Yosabni Hernandez operated go-fast boats used in the two smuggling ventures. Roberto Yosabni Hernandez. Aides Ramon Batista and Guillermo Valdez allegedly transported the players from Florida to California in a rented van. Batista provided meals and clothing, used money Dominguez provided in the indictment, said, I'm going to get a bunch of uh, red grapes with seeds. Okay. And I'm going to take them, I'm going to sneak them in my coat into the casino, and I'm going to throw the uh, seeds from the grapes into the machine run. Talk about sour grapes. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, yeah. The indictment charges all five defendants with a conspiracy to bring aliens illegally into the U.S., transporting the aliens in violation of law, and concealing and harboring the aliens from detection. Dominguez, Rodriguez, and Hernandez. <laughs> Dominguez, Rodriguez, and Hernandez are separately charged with alien smuggling, and Rodriguez is charged with assaulting U.S. Customs and Border Protection Marine and interdiction agents. Violent bastard. Dominguez, Batista, and Valdez accused of transporting, conceiving, and harboring from detection illegal aliens. Tell me this. They want out of Cuba. Okay, we've got to let them all in. They want out of Honduras. We've got to let them all in. El Salvador. They want out of Nicaragua, Panama, all of Latin America, right? They want out of Mexico. That's why we made the first bad mistake. When the first Mexican illegal crossed the border, that should have been the end of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there was money to be made with them illegals. That's what they said in that movie. What was the name of the movie? In Tijuana? Losing it. Oh, yeah. With your buddy cruising it. I bet, I bet you, Tom, now I wonder who Tom Cruise was chasing around in that movie. Shelley Long. Couldn't have been John Stockwell, could it? Tom Cruise was sh uh, chasing Shelley Long. Boy, you, you've been watching too many movies, man. You've been buying into too much well, propaganda. Just in the movie, you know. Right. Back up to 24.8%. I hate this poll on that thing. Worst thing about men. They don't want no more polls like that. Just keep that in mind, okay? Next time on uh, vacation or if I croak like today at the uh, casino, just remember next time you put up a poll, don't put one up there that will piss off the men. Right. In fact, if you want to get a lot of votes, if you want to really suck up, what's the worst thing about your bitch, you know? <laughs> right? Sure. Works for me. Which one of these words best describes the woman you hate most? Slut. Uh, you know, there are a lot of them we can't say on the air. But... The biggest name. Mother's the best talent. Statues. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560. QAM. Oh, man. 1218 at 560 WQM. Happy uh, Wednesday, November 1st. El uno de noviembre, man. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Are you eating now or what? Uh, Charha, yeah. I knew it. See, how did I know there was food? Because I got a food story coming up next. Is Josh also eating there? Uh, he better not be eating because he don't have time. I sent him a whole bunch more stories. No, I ate at like 10 this morning. <laughs> not that many more, just three or four, okay? In fact, anything I can find on there of any interest that maybe even one person might read, I want to make sure we get it. We don't want to get scooped by anybody, do we? How many scoops? Mm, four sounds good. Four scoops of Rocky Road with hot fudge and marshmallows and cherries on top. Anyway, this uh, Rogers Cadenhead, I don't think I've ever found anything interesting that he wrote on his website, Workbench. But once in a while, I check it out because there's a link to it from, uh, like, Drudge Retort or something. Arby's double dipping tenders go to the way of the buffalo, he writes. Now, I don't, I, you know, I haven't been to Arby's in a long time. Josh is a big Arby's guy. Do you know about the double dipping tenders? Uh, no. Well, now you're going to find out. He says, the coating is nothing special, but this buffalo dipping sauce brings the heat. Yet the beauty of Arby's double dipping innovation is that when I wanted to cool it down, I could first do a buffalo dunk, then do a second dip into the ranch dressing tub. It was like spraying a flame with fire extinguisher foam, and I could control the thermostat as I pleased, writes food critic Chris Tauber in the Palm Beach Post. 
On Sunday night, I was watching the Dallas Cowboys throttle the Carolina Panthers with an irresistible craving for buffalo double-dipping tenders, writes Rogers Kinnett, a new offering from Arby's that's about the worst, most delicious form of arterial glue imaginable. Processed chicken strips fried in fast-acting concrete batter that you can dip in two sauces, molasses-thick ranch dressing, and Tabasco-spiked buffalo sauce, a delightful combination of hot stays hot and cool stays cool. Because I have poor impulse control and a TiVo, I paused the game and made a late-night run to Arby's. The Buffalo Double Dipping Tenders were gone, and the employee was strangely combative when I lamented their disappearance from the menu. Three inquiries about their fate were interrupted quickly with, We don't sell them anymore. I never got a chance to beg for any remaining tubs of buffalo sauce they had on hand. The next morning, after a good night's sleep, undisturbed by the digestion of spicy chicken tenders, I thought about the conversation and began to suspect that there's more to this story. I stopped at another Arby's in Jacksonville and got the same response. Before I'd said more than Buffalo Double, the clerk said, No longer on the menu. They've also disappeared completely from the Arby's website. Arby's marketed Buffalo Double Dippin' Tenders heavily as recently as October 4. As you can see from a commercial that he's got linked to archived by video search engine TVEyes.com, a clueless husband disregards his pregnant wife's labor because he's distracted by his desire for Buffalo Double Dippin' Tenders. I can empathize, he says. Liberal blogger Joshua Marshall X has sent his readers out to engage in packed journalism, each one hounding an individual member of Congress with a tough question that pins them down on a subject such as Social Security privatization. I'd like to do the same on workbench, but not for something as trivial as government accountability. He says, please go to your nearest Arby's and ask them about Buffalo Double Dippin' Tenders. If the employee permits a follow-up question, try to find out what they've abruptly dropped a heavily marketed and, did I mention, delicious menu item just weeks into its introduction. Maybe I'm being excessively conspiratorial here, but the American fast food industry does not introduce products with multi-million dollar ad campaigns and drop them weeks later. McDonald's took years to abandon the McDLT after Jason Alexander sang its praises. Something smells here, he writes, and it isn't the uh, delectable aroma of spicy buffalo sauce. Maybe it's just the aroma of buffalo. Oh, man. God. Maybe it's the aroma of Amherst or Depew. Maybe that's why they say, ooh, Depew, or Hamburg, New York, home of Buffalo Raceway. Well, you've never been to Buffalo, huh? No. I'd be mighty proud of that if I were you. It's not even on the list. I have that on my tombstone. He never went to Buffalo. And people will say, all right, got with good taste, you know? <laughs> a man with excellent taste. Then they'll find out that he worked at QAM, and they'll say, well, maybe not. Nobody's perfect. i got an article here, which under it's a news story. Otherwise, I couldn't read the headline of the story by Bob Geiger in the Smirking Chimp. He says, our president is a lying scumbag. Now, it's a news story, so I can read that. Okay. So, How's that for stating the obvious, that headline, he asks. It's difficult to pick any one day when George W. Bush is worse than another. He's clearly the sorriest excuse for a president in our country's history, and yet amazingly he still finds ways to be even worse almost every day. He had another low on Monday when, while speaking at a Republican rally in Texas, he spent the majority of the speech saying that if people vote for the Democrats, the terrorists win. Some say immediate redeployment. Some say they wouldn't spend another dime on our troops in Iraq, said Bush. Some say that the idea that we're going to win this war is an idea that unfortunately is just plain wrong. Well, however they put it, their approach comes down to this. The terrorists win and America loses. Aside from the fact that no Democrat in Congress has ever proposed not spending another dime on our troops in Iraq, this slime is coming from the same man who has often said how important it is that all all pull together in a time of war. The office of Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid of Nevada issued a quick response saying, contrary to the president's intentions, Americans are just saying no to his administration's no plan, no end approach to Iraq. Then we have Senator John Kerry discovering the painful lesson many politicians should learn about trying to tell jokes they shouldn't. At a Democratic rally in California, primarily attended by college students, Kerry had a joke written into the speech in which he makes fun of Bush's weak intellect and tells students to stay in school and learn history lest they someday get our country embroiled in a stupid war with no meaning. The line was meant to be delivered like this. 
I can't overstress the importance of a great education. Do you know where you end up if you don't study, if you aren't smart, if you're intellectually lazy? You end up getting us stuck in a war in Iraq. Kerry blew the line, deviated slightly from the prepared text, and it came out like this. You know, education, if you make the most of it, if you study hard and do your homework and you make an effort to be smart, well, you know, you can do well. If you don't, you get stuck in Iraq. No matter what Kerry truly intended to say, and it's his intent that Republicans immediately began attacking, the GOP from Bush right down to the local Republican dog catcher went on the offensive, saying that Kerry had insulted the troops in Iraq and implied that if you're dumb, you end up in the military. Of course, that's not what Kerry meant, and with an hour of bungling the joke, the Republicans all knew that. But that didn't stop them, armed with the facts of what Kerry really meant to say about our idiotic commander-in-chief, from going out all day and misleading people about what Kerry believes. There was the Republican Party's chief liar, George W. Bush, knowing full well what Kerry really meant, telling people the opposite in a speech. The members of the U.S. military are plenty smart, and they're plenty brave, and the senator from Massachusetts owes them an apology, he said, to resounding boos from a sheep-like audience. Kerry, who received a similar bashing from White House Press Secretary Tony Snow and Republican Senator John McCain, fired back in a way many of us were dying to see when he was attacked by the Swift Boat Liars in 2004. He said, if anyone thinks a veteran would criticize the more than 440,000 heroes serving in Iraq and not the president who got us stuck there, they're crazy. This is the classic GOP playbook. I'm sick and tired of these despicable Republican attacks that always seem to come from those who never can be found to serve in war but love to attack those who did. I'm not going to be lectured by a stuffed suit White House mouthpiece standing behind a podium or a dowdy Rush Limbaugh who no doubt today will take a break from belittling Michael J. Fox's Parkinson's disease to start lying about me just as they've lied about Iraq. It disgusts me, Kerry said, that these Republican hacks who have never worn the uniform of our country lie and distort so blatantly and carelessly about those who have. Kerry also correctly said that it's Bush and his entire administration who ought to apologize to military families for everything they've done to them. The people who are troops and an apology are George W. Bush and Dick Cheney, who misled America into a war and have given us a Katrina foreign policy that has betrayed our ideals, killed and named our soldiers, and widened the terrorist threat instead of defeating it, said Kerry. These Republicans are afraid to debate veterans who live and breathe the concerns of our troops, not the empty slogans of an administration that sent our brave troops to war without body armor. And Kerry is so right. It is indeed our crooked president who should apologize to all Americans for lying our country into a war, and he should really apologize to the families of over 2,800 troops who have died for nothing, and tens of thousands have been wounded in GOP's war of choice. He might also want to toss in some remorse for the veterans who have seen their benefits cut under this administration and the children whose future has been mortgaged for a war that didn't need to happen. And what's so galling about this whole thing is that George W. Bush demands that John Kerry, a highly decorated Vietnam veteran whose shoes Bush is not fit to shine, apologize to military people for a blown joke. Kerry said it well in a thrown-together press conference in Seattle after the gaffe in California. I apologize to no one for my criticism of the president and his broken policy, saying that the comment was a botched joke about the president and the president's people, not about the troops, and they know exactly that's what I was talking about. Since the president and his people claim to love plain-spoken folks so much, I'll be remarkably plain-spoken. George W. Bush is a lying, craven scumbag and an embarrassment to our country and the presidency. If we didn't know that already, he's proven it beyond dispute in the last two days, he says. Yeah. Well, it's a news story, you know. I, I understand. Oh, sorry, Joyce. Bag. Yeah. 1,108 votes on the poll. And I know that I'm, uh, we have a live in this break. Do it. You sure? I just want to check with Josh before I do it again. They said, oh, you're a doddering old fool, man. It's another senior moment. He's going to be using that a lot uh, in, in days to come. Along with senior Wences. Old man's have another senior moment with senior Wences. It's all right, you know. All right. right. 27 past noon, there's the unctuous, obnoxious Joe Scarborough there on uh, MSNBC. Oh, my God. Let me tell you again, it's Dollar Mattress's 30th birthday, and to celebrate Dollar Mattress, and Simmons are offering you the lowest price of the year on the best-selling Simmons Beauty Rest Pillow Top. 
You can choose from South Florida's biggest selection of Simmons Beauty Rest with same-day delivery. This is the only way. If the old mattress has had it, you've got to get yourself a new one. The only way that anybody with a brain gets a new mattress, they sit there on their ass and they make one easy call. Just call Dial-A-Mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS, for factory direct prices and award-winning service with no nonsense, no BS, no uh, off-name brands that nobody ever heard of. They offer you a 12-month financing deal and the best delivery deal in the world. You pick the date and time for delivery. Any day, seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., even the same day you call. And Dynamatra shows up on time virtually every single time, like 10 to noon, noon to 2, 1 to 3, 2.45 to 4.45, etc. That's why I've used them for years and why Dynamatra is ranked number one in the world in customer satisfaction. Just about everybody at QM uses them, and you ought to be doing the same. On the web, just look up mattress.com or call them toll-free, 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off the last S because it stands for Sensational Savings and Slimy Sales Holes. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560 AM. The problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. You just slip out the back jack, make new plans, and you don't need to be coy, Roy. Just listen to me. Hop on the bus, just... You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, please, and get yourself free. Okay, one moment, massive paper jam. What? What's going on here today, you know? It's one of those days. Man. One moment, please. Jeez. Okay, I fixed it. That'll put me on the engineering payroll, too, you know? Oh, yeah. God, how the hell do I do it? just amazes me. But like you always say, you know, when you don't have all these other people coming in, punching you oh. all the cramp. Isn't that what you always say? I always say that. Arza resigns. Oh! That's what I was trying to print out. I didn't send it to a Josh yet, although I'm, I, I'm just so excited about that new uh, Outlook Express, you know, that new email. <laughs> just wait till we get it's, it all straight It's a good out. thing for Josh that I'm off at 2. That's Woodbine Wednesday. Wait till tomorrow. God. Be dangerous. There's something about when you know when something hasn't been working and then you finally straighten it out and oh, it yeah. seems to be working. Like your bowels. Like your bowels. Then you just want to sit there on oh. the throne all day long. Man, just uh, shoot the old tube. State Representative Ralph Arza, under fire for expletive-laced phone calls to a Miami Beach lawmaker, resigned his office this morning on the steps of Hialeah City Hall and said he would not see re-election uh, next Tuesday. The resignation came as prosecutors plan to file criminal charges of witness interference against Arza. Surrounded by family and friends, Arza asked for forgiveness, saying he hoped his replacement in the State House would focus on education and saying he was resigning because he didn't want to be a distraction for what will be the House of Representatives next two years. The Republican Party of Florida will choose Arza's stand-in in next Tuesday's election. Arza resigned shortly after he was expected to visit the Dade State Attorney's Office to offer his resignation. Workedly, that word had leaked out that prosecutors were expected to charge him and his first cousin with felony counts today of tampering and retaliating against the witness for those phone calls to State Representative Gus Barrero. Arza had also been scheduled to speak in Tallahassee at noon to the House Select Committee to investigate the, his conduct. But nevertheless, he's out. Got it? Got it. There's John Kerry again. Hey, let, let me bring in Mike Farnicle. Yeah, you go ahead and bring him in. Joe Scarborough. Why, why do you make me watch MSNBC? It's because you got that <laughs> obsession with Imus. Oh, yeah. It's because I don't, I don't want to watch. Well, look, there's all these people we don't want to watch. We certainly don't want to watch, uh, what's your name, Mrs. Limbaugh. I don't see her on there anymore, by the way. I don't either. 
I can't even think of what the hell her name is anymore. Darren Kagan. Darren Kagan. Out of sight, out of mind. I don't see her no more. Mm-mm. And that one that I hate, like Poison, that's on there. Oh, man, I can never think of her name. Not Rita. No, no, not Rita. In fact, let me turn back to MSNBC. Don't miss that at one. I think she's on at one every day. Okay. 1,137 votes on the poll. I think we'll get to 13 today. Okay, lucky number for going to Woodbine, number 13. Lucky Wednesday, right? <laughs> a main attorney who... <laughs> now, what were you eating there while uh, all that was going on? Oh, Char Hut. Yeah, what'd you have? Char cheese. Char oh, burger with cheese. Mm. I like I'm, the sausage with cheese and onion from Char Hut. <laughs> a main attorney who released information in 2000 about President George W. Bush's drunken driving conviction was arrested yesterday after he dressed up as an al-Qaeda leader, Osama bin Laden, and waved a fake gun in traffic. Hey, it was Halloween, wasn't it? Police in South Portland, Maine, arrested Thomas Connolly, 49, of Scarborough, Maine, and charged him with criminal threatening. He was released on bail. Lieutenant Todd Bernard said the police department received calls about a man wearing Middle Eastern garb and a bin Laden mask and carrying fake dynamite standing along an interstate highway. When police arrived, they saw Connolly holding a gun. Where do you get fake dynamite? Oh, you make it out of hot dogs. Maybe right. J.J. knows you get it. Dynamite. Uh-huh. They ordered him to drop the weapon several times, and he eventually complied. It turned out the gun was fake, Bernard said. In a phone interview, Connolly said he'd been trying to protest a plan change in local tax rules. I didn't expect to be arrested, he said. Obviously, I touched a post-9-11 nerve. No. Days before the 2000 presidential election, Connolly released information about Bush's 1976 drunken driving conviction. <laughs> The Bush campaign said Democratic dirty tricks were behind the disclosure that at age 30, Bush had been arrested for drunken driving in Kennebunkport, Maine, pleaded guilty, paid a fine, had his license suspended for 30, 30 days. Conley, a Democrat, ran for governor of Maine, 1998. South Portland, Maine is about 100 miles northeast of Boston. Ever been to Maine? I never have. No. Kind of a crusty place, Maine. Crusty. I'll, I'll go. You'll go anywhere. Free, just to sure. get the hell out of there. That's right. Anybody want to send uh, George to Maine? No, no. How no. about Idaho? No. Maine and... How about Coeur d'Alene oh, or me? I'd love to go to Coeur d'Alene. Why? It's beautiful what is it like area. Idaho that, uh, is it the taters? What is See, it? The panhandle is very different from the rest of the state. I can't speak about the rest of it. The panhandle? The panhandle is in the Rocky Mountains, and it's beautiful, and it's clean, and there aren't very many people, and there's lakes and streams and rivers. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's God's country. Oh, it's God's country. Yeah. Wow. Like Wyoming. You're, you're not welcome, yeah. With the tumbleweed. Heathens aren't welcome. And the like cactus that. in uh, New Mexico no, and Arizona. Rocky Mountains are different, man. No tumbleweeds, none of that dry, scrubby <laughs> crap. Waterfalls, lakes. Great. Just lush beautiful. Forest. That's why there's nobody who lives Grizzly there. Grizzly bears, moose. That's right. How come nobody lives there? Listen, if, it were, if people lived there, it wouldn't be nice. It's called the wilderness, and it's beautiful. Molly Ivins writes, victory looks likely. Prepare for not gloating. She says, Representative Duncan Hunter, Republican of California, has announced his candidacy for the president of the U.S. Until now, he's barely been noticed as a guy who took money from Brent Wilkes and Mitchell Wade, whose bribes to Duke Cunningham led to his resignation from Congress and a plea of guilty to bribery charges. Hunter is widely expected to be the next congressman indicted in the scandal. Well, we didn't know that when we had that story yesterday, did we? <laughs> as for the chair of the House Armed Services Committee's presidential candidacy, we've been thinking of scarcely little else around here. It's about time we had some good news. There's so much evidence stacking up in the can't these people do anything right file, you'd suspect their secret strategy is to reward incompetence. It's like the hiring of Brownie Brown at FEMA or John Bolton at the U.N. It's just hard to imagine why. So now the latest report from the Special Inspector General for Iraq Reconstruction says we have lost track of hundreds of thousands of guns we shipped to Iraq, many of which are now likely being used to kill our soldiers. For this administration, who's in charge of getting the plastic forks for the potato salad at the company picnic has deadly consequences. A depressing story like this, and the week has barely even begun. I hate to imagine what will be on our plates by Friday, says Molly. 
So with the Bushies continuing their tailspin, it might be time to review the rules in case we win in the upcoming midterm elections. I realize for many Democrats it's been so long since we won, we've completely forgotten the etiquette, and I realize I'm taking a chance here. There's nothing more dangerous than overconfidence, but you have to pra practice for victory as well as for defeat. First, no glo gloating. Actually, there is gloating allowed, but only in the exclusive presence of other Democrats. Gloating in the face of Republicans is rude and unsportsmanlike and just gives them one more thing to complain about. Also, remember, there's a possibility there may be some Republicans on the civil service staff. I've seen this when the R's win, and it's really not good manners to watch them wailing around with their eyes brimming with tears. Second, I'm sure we'll all be full of grand theories if Republicans lose and we win. Democrats will be ready to be helpful, offer advice, and sort of try to perk the R's up. I don't recommend this. It somehow never feels to me when R's are dumping truckloads of good advice on the D's that they are actually sincere about it. Third, celebratory jigs, wheels, and renditions of Danny Boy are limited best to Irish bars. Fourth, try to refrain from insulting Republicans en masse. A good start would be, you know, it was mostly the ones under indictment that hurt you. That's what Molly says. Good old Molly always has a way with words. Mm -hmm. 1,149 votes on the pool. Back up to 26.4%, just to aggravate me. I, I could care less. We can get 80%. They don't like the pool. Don't ever take a poll knocking men again, okay? The biggest and take it very personally. Don't miss the all-new Family Feud, hosted by master thespian John O'Hurley. Greetings one and all to another contentious competition brought with ribaldry and frivolity, colloquially known as The Feud. You know him as Seinfeld's hearty Jay Peterman. Now, he's bringing his supercilious banter to America's favorite game show. My valiant competitors, 100 individuals have been meticulously queried, and the six most prevalent responses on the board, buzzers at the ready. Name something you'd put in your pickup truck. Ernestine. Uh, 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 dirt. Show me terra firma. Number one answer, a capital rejoinder. Well done, man. Well done, indeed. Family Feud. Two average families and one pretentious host. Denizens of TV land, I'm John O'Hurley, and I cordially request the honor of your presence for the spirited cerebral Donny Brooklettis. Family Feud. Fairly well and Godspeed. Good show, bad hosts. One after the other. They had one, uh, two good hosts. I mean, uh, Ray Cohn. <laughs> he was pretty good. But then after that, just just get rid of the show already, okay? If you can't get the right host to be on the show, forget about it, right? Right. State attorney to probe Coulter's alleged voting violation. Somebody just faxed this in from the Palm Beach Post. It's a damn good thing I got my machine all straightened out there, isn't it? Yes. I had a paper jam there. I put it like in a, a jagged piece of paper. I got like all, all balled up there in the middle of the works, and I had to take the whole machine apart. Wow. I'm being the expert that I am in that particular machine, man. I've had several of those, and they die real fast. An alleged voting violation by GOP pundit and best-selling bitch Ann Coulter will be investigated by Palm Beach County State Attorney Barry Krischer's office. Arthur Anderson, Palm Beach County's election supervisor, said today he would refer the uh, accusation that Coulter voted knowingly in the wrong precinct February 7th in the town of Palm Beach, election of the state attorney within 48 hours. Anderson said that Coulter, since the allegation service, made efforts to distract and divert focus on the process regarding this complaint. I did express my frustration with the state attorney in a recent meeting and warned him I may need his services, Anderson said. Ironically, Anderson said that Coulter's voting rights would not be rescinded for next week's election. Anderson's been investigating whether Coulter voted illegally in February in the municipal election in Palm Beach. Her registration shows an address that is not hers. Coulter may have cast her ballot in the wrong precinct because she registered at the address of her realtor instead of her homestead. Coulter owns a home on Seabreeze Avenue near Worth, Worth Avenue, yet she claimed in official election documents to be living at the Indian River Home Road of realtor Suzanne Frisbee, which Frisbee denied. Well, I wonder if she likes to toss the Frisbee around. Bet she will. 
In July, Quarter's lawyer said she'd applied to strike her Seabreeze Avenue address from records. The Florida statutes show very narrow reasons to have an address erased from records. These include people in law enforcement, corrections, judiciary, revenue collections, and code enforcement. The law also provides hard-to-get exemptions for the victims of domestic violence or aggravated stalking. One thing we have to say to Ann Coulter, okay? Listen carefully, Ann. You bitch, you slut, you whore. But other than that, 1158, that's the number on that poll. We're going, we're gunning for 1300 a day. We can do it. Although we're still over 26% on. I hate this poll because it's picking on men. Men are perfect. Why don't we put that on there? Men are perfect. We should. Yeah. I mean, we got nothing there great. We got 73 for that already. But nothing there, uh, they're perfect would be good. An internal ABC Radio Network's memo obtained by Media Matters for America, originally from a listener to the Peter B. Collins show, indicates that nearly 100 ABC advertisers insist that their commercials be blacked out on Air America Radio affiliates. How do you like that? Uh-huh. A blacklist. According to the memo, the advertisers insist that none of their commercials air during Air America programming. Among the advertisers listed are Bank of America, ExxonMobil, Federal Express, General Electric, McDonald's, Microsoft, the U.S. Navy, and your favorite, Walmart. Walmart. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. It's on our website. Take a look at it. In fact, when you see NeilRogers.com from here on in, you're going to see thousands of stories on there every day. <laughs> and, and don't get mad at me. It's all George there. It's all little George sitting right there showing me how to, like, mess up your life. That, that's what he was hoping for. Because you know like remember the days when uh, I used to be on vacation and George would send like 100 stories in a day? Mm-hmm. Right. Until we bitched him out about it? Until we outed him? I still do. Do you? Yeah. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> that's how many I find. If I sent Josh all the stories that I thought might be of interest to somebody that I find every day, we'd have like three. He'd never have time to even uh, do a dump. Well, he's got a laptop with a wireless connection. That's true. He could be doing them in there. Let's see if there's anything here on the Fudge Report. Let's see if Miss Fudge came out of the closet a week before the election. No, not yet. Come on out wherever you are, sweetheart. You silly goose. Silly person. He's not just uh, gay. He's a silly goose. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, I know what you mean. Anyway, here's a, a website, Wings of Justice. Where the hell did I find this? Michael J. Fox. It was Ernest Hemingway who said that courage is grace under pressure, and Keith Olbermann paid homage to Michael J. Fox for his comportment after he was savagely attacked by a right-wing radio hustler. Oh, this is on BuzzFlash. This week's reader who nominated Fox for the Buzz Flash's Wings of Justice Award felt likewise. For putting himself on the front line and advocating for stem cell research in the most public style and apparently most dangerous as well. For responding to the horrific barbaric attacks on him by Rush Limbaugh with dignity and grace. For allowing the public to see the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, an illness that attacks so many he, as he supports and asks others to support candidates who care about the quality of life for others and not just themselves. For being true to himself and true to his fellow human beings despite the Rush Limbaugh's of the world. Let the Limbaugh's of the world enjoy their hedonistic sex trips to the Dominican Republic and their illegal medications. <laughs> Nobility of the spirit is not measured by the depth of one's depravity. It's derived from the compassion of one's inner soul. In that spirit, Buzz Flash is proud to honor Michael J. Fox with this week's Wings of Justice Award, where others only know how to dispense hate. He offers hope. How do you like that? That's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. By one of the Buzz Flash readers, which uh, nobody cares who he is. GOP staff assaults constituent for asking questions. How do you like that? Hmm. In a turn of events that's shocking even by Republican standards, a Virginia man has been assaulted by the campaign staff of GOP senatorial candidate George Felix, don't call me Makakowitz Allen, for asking questions at a campaign appearance that they found unacceptable. Mike Stark, a first-year law student at the University of Virginia, resident of Virginia, and a former Marine, was wrestled to the ground by Makakowitz's staff when he tried to ask the Republican senator questions about his mysterious arrest record. 
Video from a local TV station shows a peaceful start surrounded by at least four people wearing Allen stickers, and despite showing no resistance or violence toward his attackers, being pushed several times, grabbed around the neck in a headlock, and thrown to the ground near a large plate glass window, narrowly escaping serious harm. This is how the McCockowitz campaign is striking back. Isn't that lovely? With their fists. And the good news is that Jim Webb was, what was it, three or four points, I think four points ahead, the latest poll this morning in Virginia. Ahead of Senator McCockowitz. The U.S. intelligence community yesterday unveiled its own secretive version of Wikipedia, saying the popular online encyclopedia format known for its openness is key to the future of American espionage. The Office of U.S. Intelligence czar Jean Negroponte, the butcher of Honduras, announced Intellipedia, which allows intelligence analysts and other officials to collaboratively add and edit content on the government's classified Intellink web, much like its more famous namesake in the World Wide Web. A top-secret Intellipedia system currently available to the 16 agencies that make up the top U.S. intelligence community has grown to more than uh, 28,000 pages and 3,600 registered users since its introduction April 17. Less restrictive versions exist for secret and sensitive but unclassified material. The system is also available to the TSA and national laboratories. Intellipedia is currently being used to assemble a major intelligence report known as the National Intelligence Estimate on Nigeria, as well as the State Department's annual country reports on terrorism. Someday it may also be the path intelligence officials take to produce the president's daily intelligence briefing. Intelligence briefing for this president, is that kind of like a waste of time? But the system which makes data available to thousands of users who would not see it otherwise has also stirred qualms about potential security lapses following the recent media leak of a national intelligence estimate that caused a political uproar by identifying Iraq as a contributor to the growth of global terrorism. We're taking a risk, acknowledged Michael Wertheimer, the intelligence community's chief technical officer. There's a risk it's going to show up in the media that it'll be leaked. There's always a risk when you take a leak. Intelligence officials say the format is perfect for sharing information between agencies, a centerpiece of the reform legislation that established Negroponte's office as national intelligence director after the 9-11 attacks. They also said it could lead to more accurate intelligence reports because the system allows a wider range of officials to scrutinize material and keeps a complete permanent record of individual contributions, including dissenting points of view. That help might, might help avoid errors of the kind that led to the widely criticized 2002 National Intelligence Estimate that said Saddam Hussein possessed large stockpiles of weapons of mass destruction. Intelligence officials are so enthusiastic about Intellipedia, they plan to provide access to Britain, Australia, and Canada. They don't trust our drugs, baby, but they trust the, well, it's because Stephen Harper's in Bush Jr., Bush Light. We got one vote for nothing, they're perfect. Isn't that pathetic? Men are perfect. Perfect yeah. idiots. What's the worst thing about men? I hate this pool. 306, 26.1%. An alarming number because you're taking it personal. That's, that's okay. If there's anything worse than having foreskin, it's having thin skin, you know? And what if you that's have thin right. foreskin? Oh, I would know. Or what if you have four thick skin? What? Thick butt? <laughs> I hate this pool, 306. Obsession with sports, 158. They're slobs, 127. They lie like hell, 104. Infidelity, 103. There are too many of them, 98. Inconsiderate, 92. Nothing, they're great. Men are great, 75. Yeah, I would agree certain ones are. They rape, 68. They can't commit, 28. They're homophobic, 11. And nothing, they're perfect. Men are perfect. Just ask them, solamente uno. The biggest names, the best talent. Rock solid. Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. I am Boris since Felix Lita has won, Natasha and I no longer have to look for a moose and squirrel. Instead, we listen to the Neil Rogers Parent and Balance 1 to 2 hour. <laughs> I'm going to go and vote, going to do my civic duty. Because winning this election 
race is too close to call. I'll be depressed if my candidates lose, cause there ain't no cure for election day Well, the foreman told me, sir, we really need your money. Without your generosity, we can't win Tuesday. Okay, QM Sports Time is 1 o'clock. It's our big one to two hour. We got Mad Dog at two. And then uh, what is it we got? We got the Humpers in. Oh, that's right. I guess Mad Dog's going to be doing solo four to five. I really don't know. When you look at this schedule, you can't make heads or tails of it. That's because Clarence is doing it. The Humpers in Louisville for the uh, Breeders' Cup. If there's a big horse race going on, the Humpers there, you can be sure of that. Five to seven, it's uh, Hank in Louisville. And then we got all that hurricane crap. Eddie K at 10 tonight. Not, that's not the Hurricanes that are five and three that actually lost three games already. Are they playing again this weekend, Josh? Or yeah, number twenty-three ranked George, uh, Virginia Tech. Oh, Virginia Tech, that made my five and four. It sounds like to me. Wow, wouldn't that be bad? Five and four. I bet you. I bet you they tear the Orange Bowl down if that happens. Is this going to be a home game? Yes, it is. No, oh, man. Like I said, police are on the lookout for a man dubbed the Foot Fetish Fiend. I wonder if he knows George because George also has a foot fetish. Right. Well, you're you're obsessed with feet. I will say That's that. You notice things about. Well, you always have noticed things about people's feet. I don't look at feet. Okay. I bet you you would. Well, if they had really bizarre feet, yeah. Well, that's the point. Oh. The brigand reportedly entered a steward home and licked a woman's big left toe as she slept early Sunday in the 900 block of Dixie. As she slept in the 900 block of Dixie Lane in Stewart early Sunday, according to a police report. He licked her big left toe. The startled woman woke her husband, who chased the suspect, described as a bald black man, about six foot two, from the house and down the street. The suspect was wearing a black hooded sweatshirt, white shorts, and white shoes, according to the report. Investigators asked uh, anyone with information about the incident contact uh, yada yada. Trailer coast to Crime Stoppers. Well, they didn't want to give that up. Do we? He just licked her toe. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Maybe he knew Cecil. Maybe he knew Cecil Collins. Cecil the Diesel. We got eleven hundred seventy-seven votes on the poll. I don't think we're going to get to thirteen hundred. Not even close, are we? Oh, well. No shot. Huh? Because of this bad poll idea. No, well, they don't like it. Sorry, Sean, they don't like your poll today. They like the one where they have the chance to, you know, bitch about women. But the one about men, they don't like that at all. They can't handle it. Pretty depressed. 1180. 1180 WHM in Rochester. Boy, talk about a really boring station. Wow. Maureen Dowd's got to come today, haunted by the past. I bet you want to hear what Maureen the Queen has to say, don't you? Yes, it's I It's kind of short, thank God. I don't want to get, like, long-winded this hour, you know what? Whatever that means. What does that mean? It means what I really want to do is get over here and just flip out about 60 stories real quick so Josh has something to do all day. Many Republicans have been tut-tutting about the author of the, uh, the Audacity of Hope having the audacity to hope. I think people might want a little more experience than that, given the nature of times we live in, Dick Cheney told Sean Hannity. Charles Krauthammer wrote that despite Senator Barack Obama's charms, he couldn't win in 08. The reason is 9-11. The country will simply not elect a novice in wartime. But if there's one thing W's reign proves beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is this. Experience like affectations can be dangerous. They will fill up history books with all the myopic misjudgments made by a war council with a couple of centuries' experience, blunders that undermined America's security and integrity, wrecked Iraq, loosed Osama, and made the world more dangerous, not less. Those on the president's dream team of foreign policy advisors were haunted, not strengthened, by their years of past service and top jobs. 
when they got the chance to run the country again under W, all they wanted to do was finish unfinished business, misapplying old ideas to new crises, like those who sabotage new romances with baggage from old relationships. On his initial tour as defense secretary for Gerald Ford, Rummy felt that Vietnam, Watergate, and then Jimmy Carter robbed him of his opportunity to reign in the military brass, who always were impugned enough to have opinions about the military. Determined to banish America's post-Vietnam fears about using force, he ended up creating another Vietnam that spurred more tears about using force. As Bush's 41 defense secretary, Mr. Cheney prepared the 92 defense planning guidance draft with his aides Paul Wolfowitz and Scooter Libby. It called for a swaggering world domination in the wake of the Cold War, asserting that America should intervene to stop any country's allies or foes from challenging its supremacy. A decade later, with a more jejune Bush as president and a more jittery post-9-11 America, Cheney and company brought back the loony plan and renamed it the Bush Doctrine. Vice and Rummy corroded the Constitution by using the terrorist attack as a pretext to correct the past. As Ford administration big shots, they felt emasculated by the post-Watergate reforms. Three decades later, they saw a chance to shoot some steroids into executive branch powers. Condi Rice had been a Russia expert in Poppy Bush's White House, so she and the old, uh, older co uh, Cold Warriors like Rummy and Cheney readily saw the Red Menace under every rock. Like the experts who failed back in the 60s to see that Red China and the Soviet Union were enemies of each other, not friends, they naively assumed that Sodom and Osama were in bed together, and that because they were both bad guys, going after one was going after the other. George Tenet's experience tracking bin Laden did him no good because he was so nervous about being the only Clinton holdover that he was o overly sycophantish to W, assuring a skeptical president that providing Saddam that had, uh, had WMDs was a slam dunk. W let the past cloud his judgment as well. He went along with Vice and Rummy on invading Iraq because he thought he could avenge and one up his father simultaneously. When Sonny, as Colin Powell called him, announced his candidacy in 99, I asked him if it was scary to run for president knowing so little about foreign affairs. There will be moments when situations, incidents will flare up, he replied, blissfully unaware of the conflagration to come. He said he could lean into his dad's advisors and trust his gut about which ones to trust and which ones to kiss off. Yesterday, Senator Obama asked about his short resume, made the same claim that judgment is more important than experience. But he acknowledged that President Bush has given learning on the job a bad name. I mean, Dick Cheney and Don Rumsfeld have an awful lot of experience, and yet have engineered what I think is one of the biggest foreign policy failures in our recent history, he told the Times and Kornblut. So I would say the two most important things are judgment and vision, well, judgment, vision, and passion for the American people and what their hopes and dreams are. Those who declaim on the need for Senator Obama to have more experience must forget who's running the country. It often seems that the most inexperienced person alive is George W. Bush, even after six years in orifice, says Maureen the Queen. That's your girlfriend, Maureen Dowd. She's a sweetie. I wonder if she likes her apple pan dowdy. Huh? What is apple pan dowdy? I don't know. Remember shoe fly pie and apple pan dowdy? Is that just a uh, stupid thing in the song or is there actually such a thing? I, I don't know. Are you feeling like a little dowdy about it? Well, why don't we Google it? Shoe fly pie and apple... What is shoe fly pie? Sorry. It's a silly song, wasn't it? Shoe fly pie and apple pan daddy, wasn't it? That's a that long... Is. That's an old thing, man. What's the name of that song? Well, how the hell do I know? Think I'm really that old? I mean, I'm ancient, but that's an old, old, old... Google it. Doing it. Shoe fly pie. 1187 on the pull. We aren't going to get even the 1300 today because they just... I don't know why. I mean, they're all out there. Make no mistake about it. They just don't want to... They don't want to be involved in it. It's like, uh, you know, like a death wish. Well, it's a real food. Here's all these recipes for it. For shoe fly pie? Yeah. Well, why you're uh, reading me that? What is it? Uh, Old-fashioned shoe fly pie. Hang on. I'm going to go for a picture. Ought to be done loading in an hour. Apple... Here's apple pan duty. Oh, look at the ingredients for that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What's in there? Apple pan dowdy, peel core and slice eight. There, there's a recipe. Are there recipes for apple pan dowdy? Huh. 
There must be a bunch of southern crap. Recipe for and history of. Oh, I got it. Shoe fly pineapple bandari. I got it. Wow. Now, this is something mighty interesting. In fact, I might even have to email this to Josh to get it on our website, but I doubt it. My page is still loading. My page won't show up here. Oh, here it is. Let me just print this baby out. This exciting what? You talk about an educational show or what, huh? I guarantee you. I guarantee you, Syndicate Rosenberg Cranstein ain't talking about chew fly pineapple pan Ooh, it's a molasses pie. Ooh, I like that. Let's talk yeah. about Mary Jane's again. I'm going to order, uh, like, bags and bags of that candy and then blame your ass. Mmm. Yeah, okay. I'm, or I'm going to find that candy store I was uh, hearing about. Don't do it. Yeah. Lose all your money gambling instead. <laughs> oh, yeah. What'd I tell you? Just, just like my mother. There he goes again. Here we go. This is from um, the web. Chew fly pineapple pan Dowdy. The song by Dinah Shore. Oh, boy. One of the best-selling records of 1946. See, I was four years old. What did I know about that? Lately, a new generation has been introduced to the catchy tune to its use in popular Lexus TV commercial. See, I knew that's why I was going through my hate. But unlike their older music-lover counterparts, most of today's kids have never had the pleasure of eating these two old-fashioned desserts that Dinah just couldn't get enough of. Shoe fly pie is a traditional Pennsylvania Dutch dessert. Brown sugar molasses shortening. Mama's little baby loves shortening. Mm -hmm. Shortening, salt, and spices were all non-perishable ingredients. I think she used to sing that, too, Dinah Shore. She couldn't sing right out of a paper sack. Uh, all non-perishable ingredients that could survive the long ocean's crossing to America made by German immigrants. How do you like that? The pie's unusual name is said to be due to the fact that pies were traditionally set to cool on windowsills, and due to the sweet ingredients, the cook would constantly have to shoo the flies away from the azucar. How do you like that? Shoe fly pie. I'll be danged. An apple pan dowdy is one of a family of simple desserts known in different parts of the world as cobblers, duffs, duffs, you fairy, grunts, slumps, and pan dowdies. These desserts have subtle variations, but the base of them all is fruit baked with a sweet biscuit or cake dough on top. And it's got a picture of it right here. Is that what you're looking at? No. A whole bunch of pictures on here. One with whipped cream on it. She mm. spells her name with an H on the end. Who? Dinah Shore. No. With an H on the end? Like Dinah, with an H on the end. Oh, with the Dinah, yeah. Nothing could be right. finer than to get rid of Dinah, yeah. Why? You Googling her? Yeah, but See get, the get USA, in your Chevrolet. The exact origin of the name Pan Dowdy is unknown, but it's thought to refer to the dessert's plain or dowdy appearance. See, I told you, looks can be deceiving. Apple Pan Dowdy is delicious, especially top of the bit of ice cream or whipped cream or both. Mmm. Mmm. As Miss Foley would say, mmm. Both of these desserts are super easy to make, yet win rave reviews from diners. Try some tonight. Your dinner guests won't be able to get enough of the wonderful stuff. And here's recipes. Shoe fly pie recipe, and I bet you there's one for apple pan dowdy, too. You can serve this dish right out of the pan or invert it into a serving plate like an upside-down cake, warmer at room temperature, topped with whipped cream or ice cream, or like I said, better idea, both, both of them. And then like with a cherry on top. Mmm. Am I the only person that ever bought a bottle of maraschino cherries? Not, not just once, either. And ate them out of the bottle and drank the uh, sweet cherry juice? Well, I don't know if you're the only one. You ever do that? No. Never ate maraschino cherries out of the bottle? No. Why not? Uh, that, that would never have occurred to me. I eat well, olives out of, the, out of the bottle, out of the jar. You eat what? Olives. Yeah, well, so can anybody else. I, I mean, what's the big deal with that? I guess nothing. 1,190 votes on the poll. We're not going to make 1,300 a day. It's a very sad day. I learned my lesson today, man. It's a bad poll picking on the guys. They don't like that. They, they won't even touch it, and the poll either. They won't touch my poll today. Speaking of that, the new ad set to debut at 3.30 today. Will parody an ad accused of race-baiting Tennessee Democrat Harold Ford by gay-baiting RNC Chairman Ken Melman? An advanced copy of the ad has been acquired by Ross Story. 
The ad produced by Proud of Who We Are and Blog Active is a parody mocking the RNC's now infamous Call Me ad. That spot, which the RNC eventually pulled out this month, showed a scantily clad white actress saying she met Harold Ford at the Playboy party. It ended her with asking the congressman to call her. Call me, Harold. Many analysts believe it was produced to play on racist fears of interracial relationships, light-complected black guy, blonde-white chick. This, uses the, this uh, spot uses the same format to reference Melman's widely r- rumored homosexuality. Ken Melman. I'm tired of people like Ken Melman using lies and personal attacks in an effort to manipulate elections, said blog activist Mike Rogers in a statement to Ross Story. If Ken, Mel- uh, Ken Melman got the entire mainstream media to give precious airtime and column inches to his race-baiting ad, I'm sure they'll have no problem reporting the response. And, he added, there's a big difference between Melman's ad and our response. Ours is honest. The parody ad script, young man says, Ken Melman makes race-baiting ads, yet he still wants my vote. Is that, isn't that enough? Woman on the street, Ken Melman did favors for me for convicted the lobbyist Jack Abramoff last. So what? Me, I think the government's a little too honest. Young man wearing camouflage. I don't mind risking my life in Iraq as long as the Bush twins get to party in New York. Minister holding a Bible. Ken Melman's right. I should get my congregation to vote with him and just forget that his friends covered up the Foley page scandal. Young man in a tank top. Ken Melman and I went to an inauguration event. We had a great time and we saw President Bush. Young woman, I don't mind having my pocket picked by the big drug companies. They give money to Ken Melman. Man in sunglasses. Ken Melman helped George Bush steal a 2004 election. But what the heck, doesn't everybody do that? Title screen, Ken Melman, he's just not straight with Americans. Voiceover, blogactive.com and proud of who we are, heartily approve of this parody ad. Young man in tank top again. Ken, call me. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. That is outstanding. Of course, I haven't seen it yet. you seen it? No. No. And you won't. The odds are we won't be seeing that. It's a little bit too Yay. for the main, for the MSM, you know, the people who lie to us like crazy. 1193, man, the votes are trickling in like one at a time. Okay, they're they're out to make a message to me. They're sending a message to uh, what was it? Send a message to who? Joey. Message to Joey. Sada. Oh. 1195 votes on the poll, and 25.8 percent say I hate this poll. What's the worst thing about men? Dinosaur. Oh, my God. If this is shoe fly pie, it sounds like it might yeah, be. that's all I got, though. Oh, no. Don't worry. Right up to where she was going to start belting out a half an ounce of sound. The biggest names, the best talents. This oh, is oh, 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 Rogers, Sports Radio 560, UAM. The most disgusting program. I urge everyone to complain to this station. Absolutely. that's going on in tattoos. 
Why, I even know all the new Mahjong rules. A pick to the jive, Daddy O. <laughs> you better go and stop today. You better it's you when I take your place. I know I ain't no way toilet But when they drop, my voice will change. You little smoothie. <laughs> 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 at 560 WQAM. Happy Wednesday to the 1st of November, man. It is really uh, just shocking. I don't know what's shocking about it, but it's shocking to me. I think that birthday Sunday, that's what's going to be shocking. Yep. Gonna Just a number 80. on a piece of paper, that's all it is, okay? doesn't mean a thing. Keep saying that to yourself. <clears throat> Lacking the money for statewide TV commercials, speaking of people who are dead in the water, Catherine Harris will try to use the second and final debate between her and U.S. Senator Bill Nelson at 7 o'clock tonight to convince Floridians she should replace him. No chance on no. it. None. Although she's been calling a Nelson a do-nothing liberal throughout her campaign, her first face-to-face shot at him last week lacked fireworks. While she was seen as holding her own against the more polished senator, Harris didn't mount any serious attack. She complained later that reporters on the panel didn't ask questions that would show clear distinctions between the candidates, such as about taxes, immigration, and spending. Tonight's debate will be at the University of Central Florida with pasty-faced Tim Russert of NBC's Meet the Press moderating. Pasty-faced Tim Russert from Buffalo. It'll be broadcast live on NBC affiliates uh, statewide. You're going to be watching Bill Nelson and Catherine Harris? I sure hope not. You're talking to Josh, right? No, I'm talking to both of you guys. No, no, thank you. I sure hope not. Are you going to be watching Tristan and his old? I'm going to make a concerted effort, of course. i got a lot of things to do with my own computer at home. Like what? Also, like, in other words, you're, you keep screwing up your own computer, it. and that's why you're messing up mine. That's well, actually, it. Actually, it's working fine right now, though. I'm, you wait till tomorrow. You wait till the next few days. In fact, I hope Josh don't make any big plans for this weekend because, wow, you are going to be one busy beaver, I'll tell you that. That damn DVD burner that's giving me problems keeps crashing my unit. Wow. Well, don't stick your unit in it. Oh. Oh, speaking of that, what a good segue. And just fell into a bucket of crap. The federal government's no sex without marriage message isn't just for kids anymore. This is from USA Today, no less. Now the government is targeting unmarried adults up to age 29 as part of its abstinence-only programs, which include millions of dollars in federal money that will be available to states under revised federal grant guidelines for 2007. Oh, my. Oh, my God. The government says the change is a clarification, but critics say it's a clear signal of more directed policy targeting the sexual behavior of adults. No more hanky-spanky, baby. They've stepped over the line of common sense and James Wagner, President of Advocates for Youth, a Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit that supports sex education, to be preaching abstinence when 90% of people are having sex is, in essence, to lose touch with reality. It's an ideological campaign. It has nothing to do with public health. Abstinence education programs, which have focused on preteens and teens, teach that abstaining from sex is the only effective or acceptable method to prevent pregnancy or disease. They give no instruction on birth control or safe sex. The National Center for Health Statistics says well over 90% of adults ages 20 to 29 have had sexual intercourse. But Wade Horn, Assistant Secretary for Children and Families at the Department of Health and Human Services, said the revision is aimed at 19 to 29-year-olds because more unmarried women in that age group are having babies. Government data released last month shows that 998,000-plus births in 2004 were to unmarried women 19 to 29, the ages targeted by this latest insanity. And your tax dollars hard at work, by the way. 19 to 29. Quit having uh, hanky-spanky, baby, and quit making them babies. 12-12 on the poll, but we're going to fall just shy of 1,300. You know what? Who cares? Right. Does it really make a difference? Not to me. Because you could see right from the get-go. They, they turned on us like cornered rats when they saw this poll today. Ah! Who the hell is he? 
Robert Shear writes, Turning the Corner into Madness. Oh, before I do that story, though, I, this, this is just amazing. And the print is so tiny. If I, if I can read this, I want like a bonus. This is from the uh, New York Post, but it's in, it came out for some reason in teeny, teeny, tiny print. A student at Brooklyn High School named for a prominent Jewish educator faced a blitzkrieg of trouble yesterday when he arrived dressed as Adolf Hitler for Halloween. And it's got his picture right here. Mm -hmm. Walter Petrick, 16, insisted his masquerade was a lampoon of the Nazi dictator, but administrators at Leon and Goldstein High School declared autumn for Hitler and detained Petrick as their prisoner of war. Petrick, whatever his name is. I'm telling you, if you saw how big this writing is. The junior honor student who grew a mustache for the occasion was pulled out of a second-grade English class and told to remove his beige coat bearing a red swastika armband or risk being suspended uh, in uh, the day of the uh, something. I can't read it. Excuse me, Fuhrer, can I talk to you for a minute? Is how Petrick recalled the dean, Paul Puglia, summoning him out of class. Excuse me, Fuhrer. Puglia then allegedly asked, are you out of your mind, you idiot, and offered him the office, uh, ordered him to the office with, consider yourself my prisoner of war. Petrick said he understood the concerns of administrators that faculty members had lost relatives in the Holocaust, but he maintained the costume was parody protected under his right to expression and refused to take it off. I figured somebody would say something eventually, but I really do believe that people have a right to express themselves, said Petrick, an aspiring comedy writer who counts Mel Brooks, Weird Al Yankovic, and Monty Python cast among his idols. His mother and stepfather, who is Jewish and lost ancestors in the Nazi uh, genocide, defended Petrick's stance. They rebuffed pleas by the dean to advise their son to remove the costume so he could return to class. This is a matter of artistic free expression and a school not being stupid, said his mother, Diane Petrick Bloom, who packed her son up at who picked her uh, whatever she did. Picked pick him up pick at school. She picked a pack of pickled peppers. The dean is offended by a parody of Hitler, and he's acting like Hitler, she said. Petrick's stepfather is Howard Bloom, a journalist whose book, The Lucifer Principle, has been targeted by censors who accuse it of being anti-Islam. Oh, brother. This family's got problems. No, they don't. Well, they think they don't, but they might. Well, they Bloom said he bristled at the thought of Walter being uh, uh, censored, even though he initially was very disturbed by the Halloween getup. If he wanted to advocate my genocide, I wouldn't have allowed the costume, Bloom said. That wasn't the spirit in which he was doing this at all. He was doing it in the spirit of Monty Python and Mel Brooks. He's a comedian, man. He's funny. He's a heart attack. Yada, yada, yada. Well, I, I tell you, I get very high marks. If you could see, I'm going to fax you this page. Okay. So you can see how tiny this print is. In fact, you, you know when you go to the eye doctor and you get your uh, eye uh, exam? Okay. And they have the chart that's got like the big, big, like, sure. E on the top that you have to be like a blind man not to see. And then descendingly, is each line is a smaller and smaller. Wait till you see this. Okay. You're going to say, oh, my God, the old man ain't croaking yet. I can see it. I got news for it. When I see something good, I see it real good. 26 past 1 at QAM. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QAM. A stench of cow manure hovers over this performance by the Dolphins. Are you pregnant now? No. Good. Are you pregnant now? No. Good. Are you pregnant now? No. Good. Vasectomy Wireless has the largest, most sterilizing network. And that means all your calls will get through, but your sperm won't. Are you pregnant now? No. Good. Vasectomy Wireless. Your sperm will stop working for you. 131. We have 1,224 votes on the poll. That's kind of weak. Not bad. Kind of weak. Now, did you look at that story? Yeah, it's microscopic. Right. Now, are you amazed that I actually was able to read that without fumbling too much? Even with my micronary magnavisions, I couldn't read this. That's right. 
Here's another one with small print, although gigantic compared to that one, also from the same uh, Washington Post. Representative Charles Rangel yesterday blasted Dick Cheney and called him a son of a bitch. After the vice president said the Harlem lawmaker would raise taxes and destroy the economy if Democrats take control of the House. The bitter war of words escalated to the point where the bombastic wrangle even questioned whether the tightly wound Cheney needed, <laughs> needed professional treatment and mocked him for accidentally shooting his hunting buddy earlier this year. Cheney fired the first shot when he predicted that Wrangell, who's poised to chair the powerful House Ways and Means Committee, if Democrats seize the House next week, wouldn't continue a single one, and uh, then this is chopped off. Uh, he then got in a major hit saying on Fox News Channel, Charlie doesn't understand how the economy works. Many of Bush's 2001 tax cuts are said to expire in 2011, meaning rates would jump back up again, boosting taxes by well over a trillion dollars, unless Congress acts to continue the cuts. So if a man like Charlie Rangel were to be chairman of the committee and sitting there with a gavel, all he has to do is not act, just don't call up the legislation, there will be a big tax increase, Cheney said. The vice president's stinging comments were latest in a series of White House statements intended to raise fears about Rangel, as well as other prominent Democrats, as a way to convince voters to stop them from taking over the House. Contacted by the Post for response, Rangel unloaded. He's such a real son of a bitch, he just enjoys a confrontation, Rangel fumed, describing himself as warm and personable. Rangel said Cheney may need to go to rehab for whatever personality deficit he may have suffered. When you have those sorts of problems, you're supposed to seek help, Rangel advised. He acknowledged that he has problems with his communication. <laughs> How do you like that? Like Dick Cheney, son of a bitch. I think he's being very kind. Genteel and Gentile. Robert Shear writes, turning in the corner into madness. He says the dire predictions President Bush is making about cutting and running from Iraq are almost identical to the horrifically inaccurate ones Presidents Johnson and Nixon made about Vietnam. Every time I hear President Bush railing against those who would cut and run in Iraq instead of pursuing victory, as he does almost daily, I think back to similar claims being made for the Vietnam debacle when I reported from Saigon in the mid-60s. Back then, the U.S. troop presence was lower and casualties fewer than now in Iraq, but the carnage on all sides would escalate for the next decade as we waited miserably for the corner to be turned. Then, as now, calls for setting a timetable for an orderly withdrawal were rejected as emboldening our enemy to attack America. Instead of a dignified withdrawal, we plunged ever deeper into the quagmire, leaving 59,000 U.S. troops and 3.4 million Indo-Chinese dead as tribute to our stupidity. Finally, there was nothing to do but cut and run in the most ignominious fashion. With our U.S. personnel being lifted by helicopter from roofs near our embassy, it seemed like a low point for U.S. influence, and there were dire predictions of communism's global dominance, just as there is today for Islamo-fascist boogeyman the president is seized upon. Those predictions, however, proved dead wrong. Communism did not advance as a worldwide force after our defeat in Vietnam. On the contrary, a victorious communist-run Vietnam soon went to war with the China-backed communists of Cambodia, overthrowing Pol Pot's evil Khmer Rouge and with communist China itself in a bloody border war. Today, communist Vietnam is still battling communist China, but now it is for shelf space in Walmart and Costco. The U.S., meanwhile, spending itself silly under the haplessly irresponsible President Bush, is now dependent on China to both carry its debt and contain communist North Korea's nuclear threat. So why accept the President's shrill insistence that a U.S. withdrawal from Iraq would be a disaster? Surely our departure would compel Iraq's neighbors in Iran, Syria, and Jordan to get serious about quelling the civil war that they've abetted and which, in the absence of the U.S. occupation, would threaten to breach Iraq's borders. Why not assume, as turned out to be the case with Vietnam, that the Iraqis are best qualified to make their own history? The astounding arrogance that underwrites Bush's smug determination to keep killing and maiming tens, perhaps hundreds or thousands of people, is no different than that of Presidents Johnson and Nixon. Both knew the war was a failure, but determined to stay the course for a decade out of a misguided belief in protecting an image of American fallibility that was paired with shameful political motives. Now, as in Vietnam, our arrogance has created disaster in Iraq. 
Our soldiers continue to kill and die at enormous cost to the U.S. taxpayers and in international influence and moral standing, but the cause is already lost, doomed by the ignorance, lies, and bad faith that launched it. Astonishingly, considering our history and the stakes, our leaders show not the slightest interest in understanding the fierce nationalism and deep religious div uh, divisions that have marked the Mideast since long before the U.S. existed as a nation. And thus we've repeated the decisive folly of Vietnam, where our experts ignored a thousand-year history of Chinese occupation in assuming that a fierce nationalist Ho Chi Minh was a puppet of masters in Red Beijing. This time we're led by a false warrior who insists on playing the simpleton, ignoring his prestigious education at Andover and Yale in favor of what he presumes are the prejudices of middle America. Or is this giving Bush, the son of a president, too much credit? After all, we know from the various insider memoirs that Bush was unaware that Islam is roughly divided into two rival sects, Sunni and Shiite, while just last week he bizarrely announced that our Iraq policy had never been stated, of course, as if he was unaware of the invention of video recording equipment that captured him saying that countless times. Whatever you call it, his approach is a sham and a disaster. It's long past time to let pragmatic real politics find a patchwork solution that the region and Iraqis can accept peacefully. That's the expected advice from Bush family consigliere and troubleshooter James Baker and his Iraq study group, which is to report soon after the election. Truly frightening on this day of the dead, though, is that Bush probably won't listen to reason unless the voters first soundly repudiate him in next week's election, which we can only pray will happen, soundly and thoroughly and resoundingly. We'll see. We'll see what it takes to get the American people pissed off and fired up, you know what? Mm-hmm. 1,233 votes on a poll is all we got. That's, you know, and the, back in the day, we'd have said, hey, that's a lot of votes, you know, one once upon a time right. in America. But now we're spoiled, you know, 1,400, 1,500 routinely, just massive numbers of votes on there. And, and what does it mean? Nothing. Does it have any, any uh, zeros to our paychecks? No. What is this thing you just faxed me? Just some crap. It says, whatever happened to speeches like the below when politicians actually had something meaningful and believable to say, just wondering, and it's, who is this quoting? Oh, JFK. Well, there you go. He's still dead. Don't mess with the system, baby, because the system will mess you up big time. Several people have learned that just in uh, my lifetime. Mm -hmm. 138, 22 till 2 at Q. And we'll get back to the importance of sports and, of course, last night's yeah. debacle with the uh, heat. Oh, my God. What was the final score? 800 to 1? Wow. Nice. I'm glad they made the free throw, though. Experience the difference at Mercedes-Benz of Pompano. And don't forget, at Mercedes-Benz of Pompano, it doesn't matter what time of month you purchase a vehicle because you always get a spectacular and unbeatable deal. Whether it's one of the brand-new 2007 Mercedes-Benz luxury sedans, the 2007 GL Class, the first Mercedes-Benz full-size SUV, or their large selection of certified pre-owned cars, you always get a fantastic deal. When you choose Mercedes-Benz of Pompano, you'll have over 200 employees dedicated to providing incomparable service for you, too. They offer you express lube, courtesy vehicles, and complimentary car washes, too. Make an appointment through our business development center, and you can even earn dealer miles just like frequent flyer miles with your airline. Browse Mercedes-Benz of Pompano's indoor expo with over 150 new and pre-owned vehicles, or just go to their website, BenzPompano.com, B-E-N-Z. Experience the difference at Mercedes-Benz of Pompano. They're at I-95 and Copens Road. Call them at 1-800-NEW-BENZ, N-E-W-B-E-N-Z. That's 1-800-NEW-BENZ for Mercedes-Benz of Pompano, a Mercedes-Benz dealer like no other in the history of our lives. The biggest names, the best go, 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 go. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, QA. $50. Deep in the jungles of the Amazon lives something so large, so amazing, so wasted, it can't be held captive in a Ziploc sandwich bag. Cheech and Chong star in King Bong. 
Hey, this is great, man. Join the expedition team as they venture deep into the weeds to wrestle the hay from the cannabis tribe. Hey, hang on, you guys. I'll be right back. And bring it to New York City for distribution by Dave. Dave's not here. Ebert and Roper say... Just to be blunt about it, King Bong is some killer star. Cheech and Chong star in King Bong. Rated MJ must be at least a quarterback to enter. Showing every afternoon at, you know it, 420. Okay, man, start it up. 145 at 560 WQAM. That's our QAM sports time. Don't forget the Kenny and Bo morning show every morning, 7 to 10. It's a sports show. We got Mad Dog at 2, and then we got uh, Humper is in Louisville for the Breeders' Cup for all you uh, horse aficionados. I bet you Josh is going to be betting a few bucks on the Breeders' Cup Saturday, aren't you? Not? Yeah, I'm going for the number one horse. New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees, who's got a breeze between his knees, has asked his mother to stop using his picture and TV commercials touting her candidacy for a Texas appeals court. How do you like that? Excellent. He wants his quarterback. In commercials running on Austin stations, M- Mina Breeze. Mina. The only uh, other time in my life I ever heard that name, and maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, it's M-I-N-A, was in Dracula. Remember Mina? Sure. Mina. Mina Breeze had been using a picture of her son in the uniform of his former team, the Chargers, to emphasize her ties to football. I think the major point here is that my mother is using me in the campaign. I've made it known many times I don't want to be involved, Drew Breeze said on Monday. Boy, he and Mama started like they're at, at odds with each other. Nothing worse than having, like, issues with your Mama. Yeah, there's lots worse. What, that she's still alive? Okay. Mina Breeze, an Austin attorney, is running as a Democrat for a spot on Texas' third court of appeals. She said replacement commercials that omit any mention of her son were taped last week and sent the stations on Friday. She said she didn't anticipate upsetting her son, and everything in the end was true. She said her connection to football is relevant to her campaign because her father, a successful high school coach, used sports to teach her a strong work ethic that she'd bring to the judicial bench. Drew Brees, who won a state football championship with Westlake High School in suburban Austin, said he got no response from his mother when he first heard about the ads and called her to ask that she stop using them. His agent sent her a letter October 20th threatening, <laughs> threatening legal action. All right. He called his relationship with his mother non-existent after it crumbled six years ago when he refused to hire her as his agent. I see, said the dumb man. Mina Breeze said her son's allegations were a mischaracterization and that she had no intention of becoming his agent. I love Drew very much and I'm very proud of him, but sometimes when people are following a career path, they change, she says. She wants her peace. She wants her cut, okay? Yeah. Mina Breeze said she didn't receive any messages asking her to exclude her son from her campaign. Jill Frederick, sales director for KUVUE Television, said the station received a new version of Mina Breeze commercial late Friday. The old version stopped running Sunday, and the new one scheduled to begin yesterday. Mina Breeze is challenging incumbent Republican Justice David per year in next week's election. The appeals court reviews civil and criminal cases from 24 counties in central and west Texas. How do you like that? Your mama. She -hmm. wanted to be the agent. Mm-hmm. I'm sure highly qualified, no doubt about that. The missing American soldier has been the subject of an intensive manhunt in the capital of Baghdad since being kidnapped by gunmen outside the heavily protected Green Zone last week. Was at the time visiting an Iraqi woman whom he had secretly married three months ago, his in-laws said. How do you like that? A little hanky-spanky. Oh, yeah. They identified the soldier as Ahmed Kusai Altai, 41, and showed visitors a wedding photo of him and his new bride, Isra Abdul Sattar, 26, uh, Khalid Dune, as well as pictures of the couple in Egypt on their honeymoon. See the pyramids along the Nile. Remember that, the Duprees, you belong to me? Wow. Okay. What a memory. I bet you got that, the Duprees, you belong to me. If you had Dinah Shore and Shoe Fly Pie. I mean, I can't... Where, where the hell did you find that? Where, where could you possibly... Out there. There's the uh, Duprees, like I see. A medley of their smash. That's another one-hit wonder, I do believe. Chicken neck, I'm sure, would remember. Wouldn't he? 
Sure. Thanks again for all fall down, Chicken Egg. I watched it and I squeezed it and I loved every second of it. You know what I'm saying? What are you saying? Uh, you chopped it off right before they were going to like when we got to the post. See the pyramid. Bastard, you are just. Let me just quote a very famous philosopher that we once knew not too many years ago, a few years ago, not like last week. Let me just quote one guy. Neil Rogers, good. <laughs> George Rodriguez, no good. You're a good buddy. 1,249 votes on the pool. You know, if I'd have really pushed it and, and, and you know, thrown a tantrum, yeah, whatever. had a fit, we could have uh, made 1,300 uh, by 1 o'clock, by whatever the hell it is. What time is it now? Oh, it's 3 o'clock already, daylight time. Now, have you uh, adjusted this or what? Huh? Oh, You're always no. bitching about the fact that he's switching time. I was thinking yesterday, I don't know, you know, I have a sick mind, as you well know. Yeah. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun if we, like, just to screw everybody up, because there's a lot of dumb people out there. Oh, what is it? Spring back and uh, fall. Oh. Uh, what is it? Like, change it every few weeks, you know? Like, like six, seven times a year. <laughs> oh. Just kept changing the time, just to mess them up. I wouldn't put it past them. The good news is I have not only all my clothes on right now, but even my shoes on, my New Balance shoes. Aren't you excited about that? I am. I'm wearing mine, my too. Walking shoes. Yeah, me, too. See, because one thing, when you're sitting at that machine and you're drinking a lot of that diet soda, um, you've you got to keep visiting the tea room every now and then. Absolutely. So you put the cup on the machine, man, and maybe your coat on your chair, because otherwise somebody will come along and steal whatever credits you got in there. Mm -hmm. And then you go into the uh, tea room for the pee room. Or you could take an extra cup with you, and then you wouldn't have to get... Uh, that would be a good idea, and then pour it in the machine, sure. man, if it starts so acting up. Uh, yeah, Just like selling grape seeds. Don't forget, start drinking a lot of red wine. <laughs> or not. Anyway, nobody cares about that guy getting married. Do you care about it? I sure don't. No. Who? Although he was 41. At least they weren't, like, between 19 and 29. She was. She was, like, uh, 26. So hopefully they'll abstain until they, uh, although they already tied the knot. They can do it once or twice a year. That's what our government says. See, this is, uh, this is the Republican Party, man. They want small government. They want government out of your bedroom, out of your life. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure they do. They want to tell you every stinking thing to do. And, of course, then they want to reach into your wallet and grab all your money, too. Tax cuts for the rich, though. That's good. All for me. <laughs> What's the worst thing about men? That's our poll today. went over like a, like a pregnant pole vaulter on a hot July day, man. Not big. They don't like it. They, they, they take it as a, uh, most people are unable to, uh, whether their own kind, whether it's sex or gender, you know, whether it's uh, religion, right. well, yeah. ethnicity. It would be like if we did a poll that says, who's more bigoted, men or women? Right. Well, how do you think it would come out with this audience? You know, since we've got women. four women out there. Yeah, I know, good guess. Who's more annoying, men or women? Well, you know, no matter women. What we would, no matter what, what we would ask, the women always come up with a short end of the stick, if you haven't noticed. Not unless they could have good eyesight. Well, I've seen some movies. What's the worst thing about men? 1,251 votes. Oh, we easy could have gone. Oh, there's a Rob Marciano on uh, CNN. All the queens are all whipped up about her. Him. It. He ain't that good. I hate this poll. 323, that's a full 25.8%. I don't think we've ever had a poll where I hate this poll is the leading response, is it? I don't think so. I don't think so. How do you like that? Let's hear it oh! for today's poll. Let's hear it for Chris Jones, our sales manager, who ran into George in the hall yesterday. I'm sure it was an accident. Yeah. What was the guy before him? What was his name? Curtis. Curtis Sliwa, whatever his name was. Curtis Slimeball. I remember that day that I was doing the show down there, and I ran into him in the hallway on the way out. He didn't expect to see me. Uh, the door opened, and he and I like had that you know passing in the uh, night encounter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Looked looked at me like he had just seen the ghost of Christmas, past, future, and present. I mean, like, uh, you know, why do the sales managers hate you like poison, Neil? Because I tell the truth. Because they're full of crap. And they play games. They, get, they play games just to, you know, so they make themselves look good. Get as much billing on here as possible without, like, really caring about, you know, the people that are spending all of that hard-earned money, stuff like that. 
And we hired somebody to do copy. Has anybody seen this guy? You told me oh, yeah, I saw the person. right across the hall here. Well, what is he doing there? He sure ain't writing any copy. Yeah, I see him typing on the computer. He's writing lots of copy, I guess, for yeah, other people. He's not probably you. writing emails. He's probably writing uh, you know, emails so. to uh, some of the pages. He's a big fan, by the way, for what it's worth. Like I said, good guy. Well, just because he's a big fan, don't mean that he's getting any copy for this show. He, he's and that's not. not. That's not his fault. That's the sales holes. Exactly. He's not going to go in there and just start writing copy all on his own. Well, just just do it, man. Just start making a bunch of stuff up. When they start writing the sliders through there, open up the yellow pages of the phone book and start writing copy for accounts that aren't on you. Worst thing about men: obsession with sports. One sixty-seven. I hate this poll. Like I said, three hundred twenty-seven. Far and away leading. There's slobs. One forty-one. Infidelity. One hundred nine. There are too many of them. That was George's thing. One hundred eight. He don't like the competition. That's right. They lie like hell, 107. Boy, that's for damn sure. Inconsiderate, 93. Nothing, they're great. Men are great, 83. Especially certain ones I can think of. God. They rape, 71. That's George's wife, who obviously has had you know, a difficult time in her life. They can't commit, 32. They're homophobic, 13. They want to look at you and go, you fair. Like that, even if you're not. And nothing, they're perfect, 11 out of 1262. 11. I mean, you talk about uh, having a lot. Of, it's just... Anybody who would vote nothing is wrong with men, they're perfect. Boy, does he have a lot of chutzpah. That's all we could say about them, isn't it? Yeah. That is a shocker. So I got my shoes on now, and I think I'm going to uh, go win the, I'm going to play the, um, what do they call that thing where it's the, uh, all the, all the uh, casinos have it, uh, Megabucks. Oh. I think the jackpot's about 2.6 million. Well, that isn't going to do it, although the lottery tonight is 15 million. You see how stupid we are? You gotta, oh, yeah. well, I'm talking about myself. I'm admitting. You've got a Chinaman's chance of winning the lotto, but at least if you do win it, it's, it, it's enough to, you know, really change your life. And you sit down at a slot machine where the progressive jackpot is like, you know, 166000 like Wheel of Fortune, and, and you know you're not going to win it. But even if you did, is that going to change my life, 166 grand? you think? Uh, I don't know. It would change mine. You think it would change Josh's life, a mere $166,000? Wouldn't have to have that roommate. Wouldn't have to keep changing apartments like, like some people change their underwear every five minutes. That's true. Now, you moved out because you're getting a cheaper place, is that it? Uh, I'll save a little, not really much. So what, what was the motivating uh, factor? Um, he, he owns the place, so no first, last security. So in other words, it was financial again, because they're not paying you enough to even talk about because you were a schlepper, and it was a financial thing. It always is, man. Well, there you go. Let's take up a collection. Let's have Josh himself stand on the street corner with a big bucket. If it's good enough for a what's-his-name out there with a homeless voice, what's his name again? Sean Canoni. Sean Canoni. Canoni. Cannoli. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for Josh. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560, UAM. Oh, hello. It's a dear reader, Kim Jong Il. Some people are really upset at Tesla Nuclear Reffin. Last thing I want to do is upset anybody. So on behalf of North Korea and many regions to everywhere, let me say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we go, right? Bye, bye, bye. 